Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you this Wednesday evening? It's hard to believe it's Wednesday. Man, I tell you, the week goes by quick. Um, but before we jump too much and talking Islanders hockey, um, number one, a welcome for those of you who are new to the podcast and for those of you who return to the podcast. This is a twice a week Islanders podcast that takes place every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're new to the show, we invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook and follow on Twitter. Um, we go live also during a handful of Islander games, as long as they're not West Coast games, and as long as they're not on a Thursday and Sunday. We do a live stream and cover the game during the actual action, so you get to see Grumpy's and I's reaction live during the game. Um, and again, that happens every time they play, as long as it's not West Coast, as long as it's not on a Thursday or a Sunday. The only reason we do not go live on Thursdays and Sundays because we have another podcast that we do, a general sports podcast where we talk all things sports and shoot the shit. That is called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That right here you could find as a linked channel on our YouTube page, or you could find it there in the link in the description below, Grumpy Old Man. Yes, and we have a lot of fun on that one, and I'm sure we'll be going to be talking about all the uh, NFL uh, transactions within the last couple of days. It's been a super exciting world of sports the last couple of days. A absolutely absolutely and again uh make sure if you enjoy the content let us know by leaving a like on the video that apparently helps the algorithm yeah yes um listen grumpy. we have fun uh, absolutely grumpy um ooh, we covered a live game against the colorado avalanche the islanders against the avalanche and oof what a loss what a bad loss that was uh semi and played really well though yes yeah, Simeon varlamov did play well but the team as a whole did not. That's okay. I'm just looking at guys who are going to possibly be dealt and see how they're performing. Remember, Varlamov has that no trade clause. And uh, James Nichols, one of your pals. Uh, oh, why do you say one of my pals? He's one of the members of the Hockey Podcast Network, Grumpy. Whatever, I have no idea who He's he is. one of our colleagues, one of our best friends, Grumpy. James Nichols. I, I don't, I've never met him before, but he works at the Hockey Podcast Network. He covers I, I, the Islanders I, also. Again, he writes for them. He covers them on that's his. He covers them on a pretty in-depth basis. Yeah, I have no idea who he is either. Not important enough for me to remember his name. But uh -huh. he did say that uh, 
um, from what he's been told that Varlamov gave a big no to Edmonton oh. as a trade as a team that he'd go trade get traded to. Hold on. You just said James Nichols, and you just said he's not important enough for me to know his name. Grumpy, I just I just happened to read this and then the name <laughs> triggered something. Yeah, TJ said something about this Nichols character before. I said no, I said Grumpy. I said James covers the Islanders with us on the same podcast network. Well, I said I don't I don't listen to his podcast. I don't even listen to our own. You think I'm gonna listen to somebody else's? I'm about to say, Grumpy, you never listen to our podcast, so I doubt you're going out there and listening to I, other podcasts. You've never listened to think about this. You've never listened to a single one of our podcasts, unless I say, Can you go back to this time at this podcast? And I'll link you in, like embed the actual time so you can listen to a little two-minute snippet. But yeah, you've never even listened to our podcast, Grumpy. Actually, I did listen to something about two months ago, and I'm like these guys are funny as hell. And then I realized it was me. So, Oh, there it is. Yeah, there hey, it is right there. See? I got it popped up. Yep, there it is. You see Grumpy? He's got I, that. He's with the, oh, the Nassau men, which is a I part of the Hockey Podcast Network. But, yes, he apparently will not move his no-trade clause for Edmonton. Makes you think, okay, where will Varmoff be willing to waive his no-trade clause to go? I just... If he will. I, I'm just baffled once again. Well, it's a 16 team that he has to submit these 16 teams. I don't want to go to. It's not like he could say, okay, we have 16 trade offers and you can turn every one of them down. So he has to give a list of 16 teams. He does not want to go to. And then anybody else is fair game. So that that's the way that works. But again, I just wonder, did Varlamov coming off a below average season in Colorado have the market where you're giving a guy who's 31 years old, five years, five million per, and have to give him a no trade clause as well. Yes. I just, I again, I just, I just giving away no trade clauses like they're candy. It just makes no sense. All it does is hamstring in the future, and that's all on Lou Lamarillo, every bit of it. Okay, well, let's move on from that because that's well into the past, right, Grumpy? Well, hold no. on, you hold on. You came at me last time. You said Islander fans, we're going to need to get over that bad Devontae's trade, right, Grumpy? We're going to get have to get over the fact that Lou does not know how to manage a nickel and cannot manage the cap. We're just going to have to live to accept that, Grumpy. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing: that keeps on delivering. The bad repercussions keep on delivering. Devontae's, he's gone. It's a He's gift gone. that keeps on giving, Grump. And that's that's the whole thing, right? His poor contract negotiations with aged veterans just throwing around those no-trade clauses like they're candy, no-move clauses, anything you want, sure. Come live in the New York Islanders Country Club where you could be 50 years old and you never have to worry about leaving here again. Buy a house. Guaranteed to get a contract extension here. That's all it takes with no-trade clause, no less. See, those are the type of things that's just drive me crazy. And it's not like it's that's still affecting because let's say Edmonton was a team that wanted him and they we could have worked out a deal. It's like, sorry, I put them on the no trade clause. He could have been moved already, potentially, is what okay. it is. Okay, Grumpy. But yes, so that that was news that recently had come out of, of uh, Islanders country. Again, it's all rumors. Who the hell knows? I don't think anybody had. Okay, I'm going to let you know this. You know how how buttoned up this organization is regarding who they're interested in, 
who they trade for. I mean, it's one of these, every single move that Lou Lamarola makes is like you find out the day of about two hours before it happens. So the likelihood that we know what Simeon Varlamov's modified no trade clause is, I don't know, highly unlikely. Maybe we do. Maybe we do. I just, I would just be shocked if we were like, yes, these are the only teams. If, it, if so, that was public knowledge, I, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that just because of how, how close to the vest everything is with this organization under Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. And we're going to find out, right? I mean, I'm excited for the deadline less than two weeks now. It'll be over. It'll be like a week and a half almost. That, yeah, uh, that's going to be an exciting day. Exciting day. March, exciting. March the 21st. Yeah. That's like you might have to do an emergency podcast or something that day, Grumpy. I don't know. Depending on what the Islanders do, we said that last trade deadline, and we were very. I think we did. Uh, did hold on, did we do the podcast, or we did we do a podcast that Saturday, and the trade deadline was on the Monday, so we didn't have to do the emergency podcast because we did nothing else after the Palmieri trade. We talked about. I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. It's a long time ago. I remember the Kyle Palmieri trade happened live during the podcast last year. We're just like, holy shit. So we were able to catch your emotions immediately as it happened. And I wasn't wrong either. Yeah. (laughs) That's all you got to say on it. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be moving players. I want to talk a little bit about the game that uh, we all watched against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, uh, There seems to be more of this, you know, growing thought process that with Matt Barzal out of the lineup, the team has continued to be more offensively, uh, more offensively productive, more productive offensively grump. We were down five to one with what? Six minutes to go in the game. They made a couple of mistakes, a couple of turnovers turned into goals. They took their foot off the gas. I mean, look at Colorado, right? Three, nothing lead against the devils last night. Wind up getting beat five, three. Sometimes I think uh, the teams that are really good, and that's the reason why I worry about them going into the playoffs, honestly, because, okay, we get up big on a team, and then all of a sudden we take our foot off the gas, and you're not buttoned up enough defensively where you can withstand the other team coming back at you. And there are a number of teams that have those same type of issues, but that's going to be a problem for them going forward. I, I don't disagree. I mean, that's it, you're right. It seems like they just fall asleep sometimes in their own zone, and that's it's not conducive for the team to be successful. Um, you know, one thing that we've been talking about, I feel like every podcast, and we talked about a little bit um, on uh, the live stream coverage of the game on Monday. Noah Dobson is taking leaps and bounds regarding his development and his game. Yeah, um, Kevin Weeks even uh, put something out where he compared him to Kale McCarr. Now, he's not Kale McCarr. Yes, I agree. Now, I think he's better defensively than Kale McCarr, but offensively, uh, sorry. They're not even on the same planet. And everyone knows I love Noah Dobson. Kale McCarr is special offensively. But he's not great defensively, where Noah Dobson has really stepped up the defensive side of his game this year. Whether it's playing with Zdeno Chara learning some of the ropes, having to cover for him, uh, you know, playing with Johnny Boychuk for a year and a half or playing with Andy Green. So, I mean, you know, these are the type of things that have just improved his development at 21 years old. What can you say? It's fantastic. 
this is this is what we're talking about right here as he was skating in here uh into a threatening area he finds the open man which is anders lee who's unmarked and he does a great job of making this pass instead of just frivolously throwing it at the net hoping a deflection goes in he puts it to anders lee who's able to redirect it into the net anders lee had two goals i think and an assist in that game against the colorado avalanche didn't he grumpy yeah and here's the thing right coming out of the juniors, and we saw it because we watched Memorial Cup games, you and I, and what was the thing that impressed me the most, anyway, and I believe you also, was his head for the game, his hockey sense and his vision. Besides all the physical attributes that he has, the fact that he can really, he's really good passing the puck, and he has such excellent vision, and puts the puck on net when he shoots it, which is really underrated. Uh, I, I have nothing but no matter how bad the season turns out this year, uh, I think every Islander fan has to be really super pleased with his development. And you talk about you talk about players that you know make it least worthwhile to watch the game, right? You know what what's the reason can, to continue watching Islanders hockey? I mean, we're pretty much out of the we're a hundred percent or ninety nine point nine 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 whatever infinite nines percent out of the playoff hunt. Uh, we're not making the playoffs this year. Why is there a reason to continue to come back? Why is there a reason to continue to watch Islander games? Watching the young players and watching them mature and as they're given this larger role, watching them grab it you know, by the hands and continue to prove that, hey, I can take the next step. I am the real deal. True. I mean, that's that's what I'm looking for right now. Who are the young guys who are going to be part of the solution going forward? I know I say it often, but it doesn't change. That's a reason to be watching. Really is. I'd love to see Park, Parker Witherspoon get a shot. Roll him out there. What's wrong? And just to let you know, TJ, the Dano Chara uh, is inching his way back to coming back. So he was uh, back your, on the ice. So your theory that. that he was going to cash it in and go home and I didn't say that. Go into the sunset with the record. It looks like it's not true. I didn't say that. What I did say was this. Would it shock me at all? Because again, it didn't look like a huge hit that he took. He delivered the hit and kind of looked. Meh, it didn't look at that banged up. I thought he probably was playing with a little bit of a you know a, an injured AC joint, and he's been playing through that maybe for a large portion of the year, and he jarred it up a little more, and he was playing injured. But maybe not. Again, I'm willing to say maybe not. Okay, for him being back on the ice, it's an upper body injury. So him being back on the ice does not mean he's – we have no idea what that means to how close he is to returning. And here's the thing. He may never play another game for the Islanders. Is it is it unrealistic to believe that or to think that? Right, The trade deadline is literally in a week, a, a week and a half, and if his upper body is still a little banged up and they want to trade him and he would like to compete for a Stanley Cup, what's to make you think you know he's going to be a trade line day move or maybe he'll be a few days before? There's no doubt in my mind this could – that could have been the last game we've ever saw Zdeno Chara in the Islanders uniform. I think that anyone who trades for him is going to want to make sure that he's healthy and playing before they trade for him. I would. You're right. What? Yeah, I just said I would. I want to make sure that he's on the ice skating before I'm making a trade for him. He's got to be healthy enough to play. I'm not going to trade, uh, you know, give away draft picks for somebody who's, who possibly might need to play again. Why would I do that? It's dumb. He'll be back. Don't worry. He'll be back. He'll be back, huh? Getting his 20 minutes a night for the Islanders. He'll be happy. He'll be back. Mm. Here, here's, here's something here. Uh, the Islanders, we talked about this a little bit on Monday. They have uh, acquired Austin Zarnak off of waivers from Seattle. 
Yes. Uh, are you just going to leave that there? You want me to jump on uh, that? Okay. Well, holy shit, man. I, I Again, I wanted you to say, yes, I'm happy they made the move. You talked about on last Saturday's episode that you wanted them to make that move. So I figured you're going to say, that's terrific. They listened to, I, I don't know, Grumpy. Attentive. I didn't know you. I didn't, we're I podcasting, didn't realize, buddy. I, didn't re I thought you were going to pontificate a little bit about that instead of just leaving it open up. I'm glad he's back. What is So what does that mean for the Islanders, right? Let's be honest. They're probably going to move Cal Clutterbuck. He slides in very nicely in Clutterbuck's spot, without a doubt. Uh, I think it's a good move. I, I've been impressed with him uh, when he's played for the Islanders this year. Is he a difference maker? No, but he's a guy who's capable of playing up and down the wings on every single line. He's played on the first line. He's played on the second line, third line, fourth line. He's a jack-of-all-trades type. No problem at all bringing him back, particularly if you're going to lose a Cal Clutterbuck. That's all you have to say. Oh, Grump, I, I, I wanted to. Yes, I I, th I thought it was a good deal. I think it was a good move. And here's the thing. I wouldn't be shocked at all if we resigned a guy like Austin Zarnak back this next year. I think that we talk about who will be play, who will be having extended playing time once we do move pieces off the roster. I think Austin Zarnak will and he deservedly so will receive minutes in the bottom six he played well for us never understood why we waived him in the first place again i'm not sure the seattle kraken situation not sure why they waived him um so you know i'm happy he's back here with the islanders um i don't envision us I, I, again i think he can earn himself a spot going forward depending on how he plays down the stretch yeah without a doubt and think about it right let's say they move zach parise Richard Panic could come up and play if need be. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, Richard Panic, when he played for us in spurts, he looked pretty good. Is it because, you know, he realizes he doesn't like riding the bus in Bridgeport? Possibly. But I mean, I like what he brought to the table. Maybe it gives regular ice time to Bellows and Wallstrom for the rest of the year. I'm all for that too. I just want to get some of the dead weight off of this team. And Zach Parise has not been dead weight, but you have to maximize his value in a deal right now it's it's never he's never going to get more at his age in trade value than right now it's at his peak right now uh, um right over there? see you yeah. blowing your nose uh yeah, I'm, sick. I'm sick grumpy but the show must go on so grumpy i'm gonna have to add you're gonna have to carry today's show what else is new uh see Make I like it sound like that's news by the way it was elliot freeman who went ahead and originally had this on his thoughts. He said, it's foolish to guess that Lou Lamarillo uh, is up to, it's foolish to guess what Lou Lamarillo is up to, but there is increased chatter around Simeon Varlamov. Uh, one more year, 5 million cap at only 4 million cash owed. His no trade covers half the NHL. Teams are petrified of admitting they're talking to the Islanders. If it happens, I'm not convinced it will be Edmonton. Why would they be petrified? Because <laughs> if if it comes out, then Lou pulls the rug out from underneath you and he says, I'm willing to take less in a deal to spite you because you went ahead and leaked what we were doing preemptively. You realize how dumb that is? I, I don't know. That's the only thing I can pontificate. It really doesn't make much sense, but that's what that's what Elliot Freeman said. Okay. Everyone and their brother, mother, sister, next door neighbor, newspaper boy, milkman anything knows that the Islanders are sellers in this market. Everyone knows the guys are looking to sell everyone, right? We've talked about it here. 
To me, three-quarters of the team is available, but that's not probably not the case. I mean, we've named the same cast of characters, right? Your Parises, your uh, Greens and Charas, uh, your Clutterbucks, your Baileys, and your Varlamovs. I mean, if we could offload all six of those guys, I think it would be super successful trade deadline. That said, I think if we make three moves, it's probably going to be a lot at the end of the day. I just hope it's the right. You three think moves. three moves is going to be a lot at the end of the day, really? Yeah. How many moves do you think he's going to make? You think he's going to turn over at the deadline six out of 21 skaters? That's not going to happen. That's a you lot. Said, you said three moves is a lot. You would be shot. So, so you you would think a lot at this year's trade deadline would for be Lou moving. Char, hold on, for Lou Lamarillo would be moving Chara, Clutterbuck, and Parise. That would be a lot. I think I do. You that, think that's that the bare minimum expectation to at least move those three? Bare minimum. Okay. Bare minimum. How many moves has he made since he's been Islanders GM? Five. Altogether, how, many, how, many, how many times has he been a seller at the NHL trade deadline since he's been general manager at the for the New York Islanders? Never. He still thinks that this team's probably good enough as currently constituted to compete for a Stanley Cup. He's 80. A little senility kicking in there, you know? Yeah. Um, here's the thing. He thinks that if you can make a if you can make an adjustment here or there, you have a chance to win it. But I I'm, I don't know many who believe that thought process. There's a lot of work that has to be done. I wouldn't be shocked at all if a lot of players go. We've got a lot of players on one-year deals at the moment. Yeah. Okay, but not all of them are going to get moved. I just don't think there's a market. Maybe there's not a market as big as we think for some of our players. Because let's be honest, with the exception of Parise, none of the guys we're looking to move have performed well this year. Maybe I'll throw in Clutterbuck. Clutterbuck's played well. Clutterbuck's played well. Okay, so there's two guys out of the six we mentioned who performed well this year. I would consider performing well. Out of the six guys we mentioned, Bailey hasn't. Varlamov hasn't. Last game notwithstanding. Uh, okay, oh, uh, so we're just going to start excluding games. We can pick and choose what games we look at. Overall, for a- they've okay. not been good this season, and neither has Chara or Green. They haven't been great this season. I say the two exceptions are Parise and Clutterbuck. Just so I make sure, again, I'm going to reiterate this one more time. Having an off year and having a bad year is a 9-11 save percentage. Is that correct? That's a bad year? I mean, like, here's the thing. He's he's shown that he's got playoff experience. He's a guy who's gone to the Eastern Conference Finals in back-to-back years. That type of stuff matters, and he does have an extra year on his contract. That type of stuff does matter, Grump. So a guy who lost his starting job because he's not been this good and only won three games all year. I do think that matters. A guy who lost his starting job to a goalie who's top, whatever, top six in the NHL and save percentage. Yeah. Everyone's saying happens. he was a, everyone was saying last year he should have been a Vesna trophy finalist and he lost his job in the matter of six months. Because guess what? He's solid. There's nothing special about him. He's solid. I'm glad that teams are talking about him. I want him moved. It's the right move to make. Nothing wrong with that. But you can't say he's had a great year this year. He's been just okay. 
I mean, what's his record? 3-11-3? I mean, that's not good any way you look at it. Here's the thing. I don't attribute wins and losses, or I don't look at wins and losses that goalies have. Just like I don't look at the wins and losses that starting pitchers have. Simple as that. I look at what the ERA is, what the strikeouts are, what the whip is. I look at save percentage. I look at goals against average. If you've got a goals against average of one a freaking game, and you're losing, and you only have three wins out of 15 games, well, shit, you can't score the puck for your team too, Grump. Okay, but he's not been doing that. He's given up over three three goals a game, right? No, the two nine zero. Okay, practically three goals a game on a defensive style team. Hold on, hold on, hold on. On a team with Zdeno Char and Andy Green as two starting defensemen throughout the majority of the year, and while you're missing Ryan Pulak for two and a half months. Okay, okay? so you, you you're looking at <laughs> my God. Okay, but what were his numbers last year? It was like a 9-2 or 9-2-9 or 9-2-8. I don't know. It was good. Okay. They were really good numbers. And what was his goals against last year? Don't tell me he's had a good year. He has not had a good year. I'm not saying he's had a good year. I'm saying he's a solid net miner. You said he's had a bad year. I'm like. He has had a bad year compared to last year. This year is a big step back. Absolutely. At 33 years old. It his is. His numbers are comparable to what they were two years ago, dude. Well, guess what? That's not good enough. I mean, if you think not, if, not good enough. Okay, can we go down the list of goalies that are available this trade deadline that are good enough that all have above a nine eleven save percentage and a goals against average that's pretty sparking sparkly clean? Because here's the thing: if your goalie has fantastic stats like an unbelievable save percentage and goals against average, in all likelihood, you're a team that's in the playoff hunt and you're not trading your goalie away. That's why goalies usually don't get moved until the off season. Because goalies that are playing really well usually are helping their team win games. I don't know. Uh, like I said, all I'm saying is to think that he's been good this year is wrong. He's that. not been I good did, this year. I didn't say that. I said he's been solid. He has not had a bad year. He's been solid this year. I'm not saying he's had a fantastic year. The defense in front of him has been miserable. And just like the defense in front of Sorokin has been miserable this season. Okay. As a whole, has been bad. I'm just going to say when teams look at it, you say you want them to look back to last year where they can look at, see how he's playing right now. Okay. With the exception of the Colorado game, he has not been good this year. Period. Period. You can't sell it to me. Whatever you're shoveling, I ain't buying. I'm not saying he's been good this year. I'm saying he's been solid. How many more freaking times do I have to? Okay. I don't even think he's been let's, solid. Let's, let's, Good. Okay, for those of you, I'm going to use the visual for those of you who are watching the podcast. Let's put bad here, and we'll put good on this side, and we'll put solid in the middle. Hasn't been good, hasn't been bad, but has been solid in the middle. He's had a mediocre season this year. Mediocre. Okay, mediocre. To me, that's closer to bad than to good. Mediocre. He's had a mediocre regular season and has had really good postseasons the last two, the last three years or the last two years. Again. He got yanked last year in the playoffs because he was playing poorly against Pittsburgh. We wouldn't have got out of the first round without switching to Sorokin, and then you would have been singing a different tune. I'm just saying Here's he's the not thing. been Here's good this year. Here's the thing. Do teams look at this and say, oh, yeah, hold on. A 9-2-2 save percentage in the playoffs is bad when everything gets magnified. Hell no, they're not. Oh, it's pretty consistent. Okay, look at this. When he played two years ago, he had a 9-2-1 save percent. Oh, wow. The guy's pretty much the last two years, he's played 34 playoff games, and over that time period, his average a 9-2-1 save percentage. And his goals against average is around like a 
uh, yeah, they look at a large window like that and says, this guy has playoff experience. He's not having the best year. He's not having the worst year. He's having an okay season. Guess what? We think that maybe he can help us compete for this year's Stanley Cup, and maybe he'll be also a contributor for next year. That's what they look at. Okay. Can you just slide? I know you have the ability. Just slide to the regular season these last couple of years. Sure. Sure, Grumpy. Because to me, that speaks louder volumes. He's been really bad. This is the worst year he's Hold had on. since 2016-17. That's not true. Grumpy, grumpy. Looky. Oh, goals against. Okay, we're not going to look at the save percentage. We're going to look at goals against. Okay, so 11 since 2018-19. That's the last time he had a, a save percentage worse. He's than comparable. That. He's comparable to what was in 2019-2020. Comparable. Grump, I, I don't know why I don't know why you're pitching a fit over here saying he's had a bad season. Okay, our defense has been worse than it was in any of the years that he's been here. This is the worst defensive unit we have thrown out here in front of Arlamov since he's joined the Islanders. That has an effect on what your numbers are. You All say, right. well, that's the reason why Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be more valuable. Don't look at his numbers. Don't look at Marc-Andre Fleury's numbers. He's a fantastic goalie coming off the Vesna, right? Don't look at his age. Don't look at his numbers right now. It's all because he's playing for a very, very bad defensive team in front of him in, in Chicago Blackhawks. We've been a pretty bad defensive team this year. You know what you, you, know what you sound like right now? I sound like a guy using fucking logic. You sound like a guy. Oh, French, my God. You sound like a guy who wants to work for Lou Lamarillo, and you're trying to be a trade fluffer. You know what a fluffer is? Go ahead, Grump. What is a fluffer? That's in pornographic movies. They'd have somebody who would get the male actors ready for their scenes. They had to fluff them up, if you know what I mean. I think you're trying to fluff other teams up so they'll trade for Semyon Varlamov, even though he's been bad this year. And I'm going to use the word <laughs> bad. You're freaking ridiculous. B-A-double-D bad. Bad. He's been bad. A 9-1 way save percentage is bad. Ah, that's awful. Our defense is playing with a 38 and a 44-year-old out there for every game. Doesn't matter. He's been bad. We've been playing without our top-pairing defenseman, Ryan Pulak, for over two and a half months. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Our defense has struggled. He's been bad. I'm not saying he's been good. I'm not saying he's been bad. He's been in the middle. Bad. <sighs> well, guess what? We'll see what happens when he's traded at the deadline. If I, he is. I, I want him to be traded. I just don't think. I mean, well, I don't know. know. That will tell play. us what the value is, right? That'll tell us how bad he's played because if you get more than a second round pick, well, he must not be all that bad after all. Oh, so you think he's getting a first round pick? I said if he gets okay. a second. Okay. If he gets second or more. If he gets more than a second round pick, he's had a good season. They think that he's got a lot of value. nothing to do with the season he's had. Is what he gets in a trade. They think he's got a lot of value. If they trade him. If they give if they give first round pick, they think he's got a lot of value. Right? If they give a second round trade, there's probably a first round playoff exit because he's been bad. (sighs) Jesus Christ. Well, this might have. Yeah. Okay. How's how's the team looked? Have you looked at have you actually looked at how many goals we've surrendered and how many goals we've scored with him as a go, our net minor grumpy? I look we at how many softies he's let in. You know what Believe it's like? I've seen it too. You know what it's like, Grumpy? It's like when you see that, oh, Felix Hernandez or or Jacob DeGrom when he won the when he won the Cy Young. Oh, hold on a second. He doesn't even have 20 wins. He's only got eleven wins and eight losses. He hasn't played that well this season. Ring, bring, bring. Uh, yes, hello. Yes, I'd like to speak to Lou Lamarillo. This is anonymous GM, NHL. Uh, I need to talk to him about semi ball. Hold on, please. Let me pass you to Freddie the Fluffer first. Freddie, this is for you. 
Oh, hey, Simeon Barlow, seven years ago in the playoffs, he was pretty good. I know he's only won three games all year, but you know what? You need to ignore this year and go back way back in time to see when he was good. I just You don't need to fluff me. That's fine. I'm I not know fluffing like. you. You're just not, you're just not listening to what I'm saying, Grumpy. Now, let me ask you this. When Jacob DeGrom only had 11 wins and eight losses. Jacob DeGrom. Okay, I'm drawing, I'm drawing, compa- I'm drawing comparisons. Sport? I'm drawing comparisons. And when you won the Cy Young in 2018 and only had 10 wins and nine losses, was that his fault that his team couldn't provide him any run support? He only led the MLB and ERA, but he only had 10 wins. Oh, okay. my God. He, okay. He's not playing very well. He's only Barlamov, got 10 wins. Barlamov doesn't lead the NHL in anything except but, for ass goals given up per game. But... I'm saying you cannot use the indicator of wins and losses alone to be the parameter of how a goalie has played. I don't get why you're not understanding, Grump. Is this the hill that your failure wants to die on? Is this really the one? I guess I, mean, so. I, thought, I thought Anders Lee, the Anders Lee hill, was a step too oh, far. Shit. See, this is what you do. Anytime you're starting to lose and you're like, oh, logic's being there, you, I, you I start to, to immediately try to revert it back to some BS that didn't even happen. Just as typical uh, you, Grumpy. It's all we this. We have so many other players to talk about, except for a failed goalie. We don't need to talk about him anymore. He's finished. He's what lost his starting job, ahead, lost 12 games out of 16. It's a loser now. Move on to the next, Grumpy. What's your next point? Because I know you want to move on to a few items. You're the guy who drives the podcast. I just. There was a few items that you want to talk about. I'm letting you take it, Grumpy. Take it by the reins. Talk about the items you want to talk about. That's what we're waiting for. Come on. I hope we make some deals really, really soon. I don't want to wait till trade deadline day. That's my big thing. Already Grumpy, for the last three weeks, you've been on that replay. There was, do you remember the article you sent me that you said you wanted to bring up? That's what I'm talking That's what I'm talking about, Grumpy. I'm not talking about you repeating the same well, thing. The, there see, was an article that was written, Grumpy. As the facilitator, as the facilitator, you bring up, you have all this stuff written down. I don't even, I send you stuff, you ignore me. That's fine. But here's the thing. I sent that. You want to say, why don't you talk about the Larry Brooks article? I'm fine with that. Couldn't remember the I guy's found, name. I know it's the New York Post article. Yes. I remember his name because he's more important than the other guy who I don't remember now. Um, but let's just say that Larry Brooks wrote an article that could have been written right out of this podcast from a year and a half ago. Same things I've been saying that was going to come back and haunt us. Now everyone's on the boat. Everyone's on the boat. Matter of fact, the why, don't plan, you explain, the why don't you explain what the things are in this article so you can liken it to the points that you've made the entire time over the last few years, Grumpy? That's what I want you to do, man. Too many high-priced veterans underperforming on long-term deals. How do you get rid of them? That's the whole thing. Daunting task of rebuilding an aging, underperforming roster. I've been talking about it for a year and a half. That's the issue we have. That's what I've been, the cliff. I've been telling people about it. Don't be fooled by us making the playoffs in a 56-game season. Don't be fooled by us crawling into a a play-in game against Florida three years ago when we were not going to make the playoffs. Larry Brooks mentions all those things that I've brought to everyone's attention for the last year and a half. Stop thinking, well, gosh, we're a contender. We were never a contender. Never. 
Larry Brooks also brings up that Zach Parise, one of the guys who are on a one-year deal, of course, you know, towards the tail end of his career, has actually been a performer for us this year. And he's looking for players that who have been performers. And they say, all righty, when you're looking at some of the aged, the veterans that are performing, they're guys who are 38, you know, 37 years old. And Zach Parise, who, who knows how long his shelf life is here, if he's not dealt at the deadline. And they say, hey, yeah, we've got a lot of players who are up there in age who have not performed. Right. And the chances of them regaining whatever form that they previously had are not good. Here's the thing about Zach Parise. Okay. Yes. I was down on re-signing him this year. I didn't think he was going to be the answer. And in hindsight, he wasn't the answer because the rest of the team took a step back, the majority of the older players. So it didn't matter who we brought in here. It wasn't going to be good enough. But Zach Parise has been a top-level player for years and years and years. So him having a career resurgence right now, while unexpected by me, is not inconceivable. Where guys like Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, run down the list of guys, Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, run down the list, all the aged veterans, the chances of them having a resurgence like Zach Parise is virtually nil. Why? Not because of just their age. They never had the talent level that Parise had. So even if they got back to where they were, which they're not going to, they would never be as high as Parise, if you know what I mean, Parise's floor as a better player overall throughout his career. I will say Anders Lee, since being demoted to the third line, has showed more hustle and actual effort on the ice. It's Doesn't crazy, worry you? isn't it? Doesn't that worry you? Here's the thing. We've unfortunately already hitched ourselves to this wagon, and that's the issue. We have. And I would, I again, I, the points in the production are not as crucial if I see the effort there, right? We see the effort out of Kyle Palmer given. We shouldn't have signed him. He wasn't the best, <laughs> the best fit there for us play better as of late but when you look at a guy like Anders Lee and you say this is the captain of our team he's played with Matt Barzal he gets demoted off the first line and holy shit is that Anders Lee back checking is that Anders Lee winning puck fights along the board is that Anders Lee hustling and throwing body checks when a guy when a defenseman has the puck for the opposing team it looks like he's playing with his hair on fire yeah that is an issue to think that it didn't cause a sense of urgency or a light or the light flip to switch for him until he was demoted on the third line. It wasn't the fact that our team was struggling hideously this season that we're having a horrendous year. That wasn't enough to flip the switch for him. It was only enough to flip the switch when you personally you when you impacted his ice time. That's the only thing that flipped the switch for him. That's a little bit of a cause for concern. Yes. Here's the biggest cause for concern, regardless of that, right? He's the freaking captain of the team. He's the captain. Lead by example. And he never hustles. He showed a little bit of jump the last couple of games. Yes, he scored one of those. I mean, the first one was Noah Dobson getting that, that, uh, that beautiful pass for a deflection goal for him. But after that, once again, game over, he scores a goal, right? In the right spot at the right time. He is what he is. But the fact that, and even though he has been hustling and it's noticeable because he never does it anymore, it's still not that great, if you know what I mean. It's noticeable because he's actually doing anything as opposed to the nothing that he's been doing for years. 
Well, what made, let's go back to it. What made this team successful under Barry Trotz? This is not a very talented team, right? If you go down the list of the most talented teams in the NHL, the Islanders are not in the top half. That's for certain. What made this team successful, number one, they all bought into the system and they all exhibited and exerted 100% effort every shift. This is not a, the, the, the group that's comprised, the players that have been comprised on this team are not fantastic individual talents. They were able to go ahead and put 100% maximum effort in, and that was what has been able to drive this Barry Trot system and has helped drive this team's success, right? There's always a point where the system alone won't win you a cup. You need to have an inordinate amount of talent, which we just don't have. But now you're getting to a point where these guys are not exerting the same effort that I saw two, three years ago. Is it because now we're at an 82-game season? Is this because now they're older additionally? Is this because we got into a hole earlier on because of COVID? It's a multitude of reasons, but I think the most important is we're older and they just can't keep up that same exact pace over an 82-game season with an older roster. That's okay. I mean, that's always been the thing. Yeah, COVID's not an excuse. I don't even want to hear it. I, I, was, don't want, I, was, no, I, I was pontificating, that's all. Right, no, I, I understand. I'm, I'm just saying the people who want to say COVID or the first 13 games on the road, no, sorry, nothing. That has nothing to do with the way we played this season. We're just not as good. I don't think they've tuned Barry Trotz out, honestly, but that's another thing, right? What have I been saying for a long time? The fact that 56 games, excuse me, 60 games, whatever it was the year before, we both those years we made the playoffs. That style is so hard to play, the grinded out style. Brooks mentioned the same thing in the article that I've been talking about for two years. What's going to happen when you play 82 games with an older roster? You're not going to be able to keep it up. And we've seen it this year. I, I mean, I don't know if we've really seen it the whole year, but I mean, we just came out flat for most of the years. I don't know if they're reading their plus press clippings or what, but Brooks brings up the same points that I've been making for two years, how we kind of benefited from COVID. So if anything, COVID's not to blame. It's the reason for our success, in my opinion. No pandemic. All these guys would already be gone. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, well, first off, have you seen Nick Letty this season, right? Remember, we always go back one quick tidbit. We're not going to hammer the hell out of this point, but I just want to pop it up. Um, you know how Devon Taves leads the NHL. He's a plus 44 on the ice. Grumpy. Yeah. Yes. I know I'm listening. Well, there happens to be an individual who is the worst plus minus in the NHL. And his name is Nick Letty, a minus 32 on the season. Is that a surprise? Ladies and gentlemen, I just, I, oh, I, again, just a little quick tidbit. This is the guy that was the second best player by a country mile after Simeon Varlamov in the playoffs two years ago that we could not afford to lose. This guy right here, Nick Letty. Well, that was a miscalculation by Barry Trotz. And Lou Lamarillo said, okay, Barry, whatever you want, you want Letty, we'll move the young, developing, better player just for you. And that's what we got. I mean, Here's the thing. If a ham and egger like myself and you, TJ, are able to identify the guys they should move, and then it turns out that we were right, how dumb does that make Lamarillo and Trotz look, honestly? Dumb. Really freaking dumb. If a jerk like me and a guy like you could figure that out, a guy that thinks being sweet, that, that uh, D.B. Cooper is defensive back Cooper, think about it. 
How obvious is it to everyone else? Defensive back Cooper was a hell of a player in the league, Grumpy. You don't even know about him because you weren't around back then, Grumpy. That guy can jump to the moon back then. I was about to say he. Some would say he could he could move at fly. I was about to say he could fly. He can move at a hundred miles an hour like that. No issue. Got a hell of a forty, Grumpy, coming out of that plane. Um. Anyway. I just want to open up what are those other items you want to talk about before we kind of get to the comments, Grump. But, you know, we've got we've got players that are going to be moved. Again, we have not heard anything. There's no reason to continue going over every single podcast of we would love to this guy to be moved. We've covered it ad nauseum, I believe, already. And it's unfortunate, right, with with Lou. And, and again, since we're still a little bit away from the, from the deadline, we won't know what he's thinking until it's like on the day of the trade. I just hate how... Like Lou was playing four-dimensional chess and everyone else is playing in the dirt with rocks and sticks and twigs. That's just not the case anymore. I'm sorry. What's Lou playing this year? Uh, um, playing not to win. I mean, that's what his moves look like to me. I was hoping you'd had a funny quip. I didn't have a funny quip. I thought him playing 4D chess and us playing in the dirt with rocks and twigs was pretty much a statement all into itself. Oh, grumpy. I wanted to ask now, did you happen to hear, again, we talked about it before, Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows still playing minimal minutes at this time period. Minimal five-on-five minutes, outplayed every single game by Matt Martin, the likes of the entire fourth line. Don't understand it. Will always be mystifying for me. I'll be interested to see if that changes after the trade deadline when we sell off a bunch of pieces or if going forward we're going to call up a guy possibly like Zarn and we're going to start playing Zarnak and call up a guy like like Panic and then or Ponic and then they're going to be playing more ice time than Bellows and Wallstrom still. Yeah, I mean here's the thing. You know, Barry and here's we talked about it in the Colorado game when we did the live stream when Wallstrom made a mistake going into the corner where Pulak uh, was already checking the winger with the puck. He tried to double check. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, you can't do that, right? So after the game, Barry comes out and says, you know, that was kind of the impetus for why we gave up the fourth and fifth goals was we were caught reeling after Wallstrom made that one mistake. If your team falls apart because what a, a rookie essentially makes one bad defensive play to cause a goal, how strong is your team mentally? You would you would almost think that your team is not a team full of veterans who've played in Stanley Cup playoffs before and has been in this in the playoffs, the the NHL playoffs for I don't know, the last three seasons in a row. You'd think that they're so mentally fragile and weak that they shouldn't be professional athletes. That's what I would almost pontificate and think of. And I, think about it, right? Everyone keeps on saying, oh, we've been so successful. Two Eastern Conference final appearances. And the team just falls apart because a rookie makes one defensive mistake. That's enough to make your team collapse into itself, to implode. I I, I mean – I don't know. I just think what it's do you too think, simple. What do you think that and let's 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 put we're gonna play a thought exercise. Let's go ahead and put ourselves in Oliver Wallstrom's shoes. How do you think that how do you think that makes him feel as he's trying to find his way, stick his way in the NHL? He's trying defensively, making mistakes, albeit because he's not perfect. He's not a defenseman, he's a forward, he's a sniper who puts the puck in the net. So 
the defensive side of the puck is not a strong suit of his game yet. Probably never will be. But, I mean, when you have Coach going out there again in the press and saying, oh, Wallstrom's ill-advised defensive mistake, not only did it cost us a goal, it also set up the impetus, and it set up us giving up another two goals because it threw our team out of whack because he made a defensive mistake. So he wasn't responsible for the one goal against. He was responsible for the two after that one, too. Uh, what? Yeah, at the end of the day, Oliver Wallstrom is a top six forward. Period. That's what he is. He's not a grinder and a check. And I'm not saying that he doesn't need to be better in back checking and the defensive aspects of his game. And I'm not saying that Barry Trotz in the long run is not going to be good for the development of Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, matter of fact, the exact opposite. He is fantastic. Barry Trotz is absolutely fantastic for the development of the younger players playing the full 200 foot game. Matt Barzell, Noah Dobson. How, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this How do it work out for guys like Jacob Verona, Jakob Verona? How do it work out for guys like Bushnevich? They didn't thrive. Guys who were, again, more top six, prototypical top six forwards, they didn't thrive until they left Barry Trotz, those young guys. Right, but the whole thing, the next coach who got him, uh, who got those players, let them flourish in what their true skill set is, but they've benefited from what Barry Trotz has taught them about the full 200-foot game. That, that's what I mean. If, you're, if you stay with Barry Trotz forever, you're never going to be as good as you can be. But if he can teach you how to play defensive hockey as well as your offensive skills, look at Devon Taves, right? Same thing they're going to be better developmentally in the long run. And maybe if they move on to somewhere else, then you see them kind of flourish. But here's the exact quote that he said after, you know, Wallstrom made that mistake and he knew he made it. Wallstrom knew he made that Wallstrom mistake. Wallstrom snapped his stick in half and he did make a mistake, right? I'm not going to go and sugarcoat right. it. He made, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He misses the man that he's supposed to mark in front of the net and covers the same guy. I think Pulak was, was, uh, was manned up on behind, uh, you know, underneath the, underneath the goal line. And you're like, what the hell is he doing? So no, he had no sugarcoating it. Right. And he's like, you know, uh, that goal put the Islanders on their heels and put them in a bit of a spin cycle for the fourth and fifth goals, which came soon after. Well, okay. Unless he was out there during those goals, it's tough to blame him. Don't tell me that your team is so weak mentally that one goal is going to sink you. This is a team where the vast majority of our players, 11, are over 30 years old. They know everything. They've been through the grind of the playoffs the last couple of years. And it's funny. They talk with Dave Poulin, uh, used to play for the Flyers, and he actually coached uh, Oliver Wallstrom. And he was and he was talking about his development and stuff like that. And he says he's got some guys. Uh, Wallstrom has some guys that are ahead of him, and I think that they're trying to figure out what to do with and how to handle them. You look at Palmieri. Long term, it's obviously Wallstrom over Palmieri. There's no question about it. As far as he was concerned, I have Walter over Palmieri, even in Palmieri's best years. I mean, think about that's a really strong comment on a guy who gets 12 minutes a night. Not that's even. Really- oh, hold on. That's not even 12 minutes a night, Grumpy. I mean, I know he's averaging that right now. You look at the last five games, 10 minutes and seven seconds, 11 minutes, nine minutes and 37 seconds, eight minutes and 52 seconds. Nine minutes and 46 seconds. Here's the sad truth of it, Islander fans. 
if we didn't have COVID and multiple injuries to forwards, Oliver Wallstrom would be averaging 10 minutes a night in the NHL right now at the age of 22 years old or 21 years old. That's the sad truth of it. True. What? Oh, what? Oh. I got myself a little drink. I'm okay? sorry. Well, I'm, 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 I was doing research. My bad. I'm sorry. Continue, though, Grump. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to mention that. I mean, you know, in respects to Wallstrom. And, you know, Wallstrom, for his part, said that he's fine with, you know, what Barry Trotz has told him. He's just trying to teach him the game. I mean, if Wallstrom doesn't have a problem with it, we shouldn't either, I guess. Okay, here's the thing. Bullshit. I don't believe it. Simple as that. I don't believe it. What are you going to tell him? Uh, I hate when he busts my ass when I've got the same point production uh, as players who play on the top six line. Sure, I'm out there for goals against, but they do the same shit, and they're out there for goals against. I have more point production, and they're veterans in the NHL. They should know better. I make mistakes. At least I'm improving. They're still the same old shit. I, I'm letting you know something. He's not happy with it. He's not okay with it. He might say that. I'm not going to say I'm pissed off about it. Just Matt not what Barzell, you Matt Barzell used to say those things, too. He doesn't say that anymore, though. He used to say what? You know, he was fine with you know what Barry was telling him. He used to say that. He doesn't anymore, though. He just probably says no comment. Or he, he just like, or don't he even ask me that question. Like, He's got a voodoo doll of trots in his locker. A little armadillo with glasses on, stem with pins. Mm. Mm -mm. Well, there was, and I do want to show this. We showed this ad nauseum on the live stream of the game. Josh oh. Bailey. Oh, I, I, before I even mention it, I knew you knew where I was going. We have to mention it, Grumpy. I'm sorry. It wouldn't be the actual podcast if we didn't mention this. Oh, look at this. My God. It's this wide open opportunity and chance. Josh Bailey, ladies and gentlemen, at his finest. Uh, Yikes. You know what? We should run that side by side with the one where he's driving in on the goalie with the puck, just him and the goalie, and he passes out in the blue paint. We should run that and this side by side all the time. The low Josh. light, the low lights continue to get more and more robust. I'm just, I don't oh, know. Man. I don't know what else to tell you. This is, we mentioned it on the show, and I'm not going to go too much in depth for it. I was much more upset and, you know, energized, you know, in a negative fashion about this when he missed it live. I was like, you know, this is, this is a shot that your beer league friend hits. And, you know, yeah. most of your beer league friends put into the net, even backhand like this. You know, these are the shots that over 95% of every NHLer should be able to put into the net. And it forwards 99.9%. .9%, and Josh Bailey doesn't do that. Okay, he wasn't rushed. The goalie didn't even know where the puck was. He was looking in the stands in section 201 with the guy eating a hot dog and a beer. Look he the, he's he's got the ability to put that on his forehand, too. That's a sad thing. He's not rushed. He could have put it on his forehand. He probably could have skated that in the net. He's a freaking professional. He's been able to shoot a backhand from a foot in front of the net. Yeah. <laughs> My God! Every time I watch it, I just think to myself, "How, oh, how?" The other this one is a guy. Bad. This is a guy you think has some sort of trade value. Well, see, that's what I mean. I, I, I don't even know how he's movable. Honestly, <laughs> you talk about Anders Lee not being movable. At least he puts some pucks in the net. This guy is just a waste. You think Anders Lee would be able to backhand that in from that? Yes, <laughs> from that spot. Yes. That. That's his bread and butter. That that's is his set. the garbage man would have knocked that in the net, no problem at all. That's what he does best. 
Oh, oh man, I tell you, oh, I got to stop watching it. It's Pull like it down. I, I, I had it's like a, it's like a train wreck. You can't look away, but it's one of those things I want to keep watching just to remind myself how miserable of a shot attempt that was. To me, the best one was where he's driving in the goalie's in the blue paint and he passes out. That's the word. That's Josh Bailey. That's when you look at Josh Bailey in the Josh dictionary. Bailey. That's the picture. For certain, it is Grumpy. Oh, look at TJ again, man. He's, I don't know. He, I don't know what kind of illness he's have. Maybe he's got sticking to the maniosis, something like that. I don't know. But he's blowing his nose an awful lot. I wonder if his little nose is a little red over there. Isn't Paige is like a doctor? Why isn't she taking care of you? Is she giving you something to fix up your little, your little illness? I don't know. I think I'm hoping it's allergies, but man, a man been hit like a freight train. It was warm by us here. We got a little bit of a warm front end for a few days. I enjoyed some outside time. I enjoyed some time out there in the yard, out there with the other inmates of Islanders communities. And oof, yeah. So I think it just it destroyed my destroy my uh, my allergies just acting I, up. I can feel your pain because I sneezed yesterday and I blew my nose today. So I mean, you know, I understand the pain you're going through. That's it. That's it. But before we start jumping into the comments. We do have an ad to read from DraftKings, and Jesus, man, this ad is just... <sighs> Post it up, and I'll read it. This is the pain in the ass. Ad. Okay, you want to read this one? That sounds good. I'll, read it. A second. I'll have to make it bigger, of course, because, you know, I don't see gotcha. it as good. Give me a sec. Yeah, this is this is a little change-up, Grumpy. I like this. You're going to let me relax a little bit. You're going to let me take a break here during the ad read. I like this. Thank you. Give me a sec. Boom should be able to see it now grump the nhl season has been packed with dirty dangles hat tricks and big wins as the action rolls on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl has your shot to win big two new customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get 150 dollars in free bets if they win that's right a bump in the wind column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings Draft is giving all new customers, all new customers, a free shot at millions. I repeat, millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Call to action is the next. Oh, you don't, you don't read the call to action part, but yes. I want to let everybody know where, where we're going with this. This is a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. THPN, bet just $1 on any, I repeat, any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years and up. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Here we go. This is the part that TJ bungles. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, TJ, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's one 800 426 2537. That's in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming. Just for those, okay? We have another number for some other states, another state, Arizona, 1 800 NEXT 
step. And in Colorado, New Hampshire, no fancy, no fancy letters, no fancy names, just 1-800-522-4700. Here we go. Let's say in Connecticut you have an issue. 888-789-7777. Or you can visit HTTP, you know, that, that whole thing, right? Hyperlink thing. CCPG.org backslash chat. Hey, no, that's, that's you got old. problems in Iowa? 1-800-BETS-OFF. B-E-T-S-O-F-F. Hey, you're in Louisiana. 1-877-770-STOP. Stop gambling, okay? 7867. Or, here we go, New York, New York, the infamous 8778-HOPENNY. Or text HOPENNY. You know, just text it, right? That's one 8 H O P E N Y, hope any. Or hope and Oregon. Visit opgr.org. That's in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline, 1 800 889 9789. That's for Tennessee. Or let's say you live in Virginia, okay? 1 532 3500. That's Virginia. I don't know the, the best because it's blocked. Here we go. Let's say you're in New, again, New Hampshire or Wyoming. 20, uh, everyone else 21 and up. For some reason, in New Hampshire and Wyoming, you only got to be 18. You can do anything you damn want there, I guess. If you're physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. I guess we really don't care if you live in any of the states that are not affiliated with the ones I mentioned. We don't care about them. Okay? Do anything you want there. All the gloves are off. Eligibility restrictions apply. Please see DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. I wasn't grumpy. Grumpy, that ad read, I shit you not, that ad read right there took you five minutes, Grumpy. That's fine. take five minutes. I kid you not, I wrote it down. We started at the 58-minute mark because I have to log it when we send them all. All the stuff I do behind the scenes for our podcast, we started at the 58-minute mark. We finished at the 103 mark there, Grumpy. So it took about – it was entertaining. It was an entertaining That's all I care about. Is it entertaining? That's what I want. Everyone got the information, the appropriate information. The people in the states know where to go. They know where to go. Absolutely, they do. Uh, Jerbin's saying, hey, you guys have a 516 subscribers. Do you know what the 516 is, TJ? You have to ask Grumpy. It's an area code in New York. I'm not sure that where. Used, actually, that used to be my area code number in New York. Now, here's the thing. When I lived in New York, you didn't even need to type in the 516. It was just, you know, just seven numbers. Now everything is 10 numbers. Elon Avita says, "It's uh, an A on the end." Avita. It's not. Don't cr- cry for me, Argentina. It's Elon Avita. Um, is it know. feasible for the Islanders to trade away Bavillier for Brock Besser and not having to throw in a first rounder or Atu Ratu in a deal? If they insist on that, I'm not trading for Brock Besser. I'm not getting rid of first round picks or someone who looks like he's developing in the minors. They're both virtually the same age. Both are underwhelming with their teams right now. I'm not, I might be willing to give up a spare part defenseman from Bridgeport, but I'm not giving up first round draft picks or Aturatu. Here's the issue I have with that as well. Imagine Brock Besser and Oliver Wallstrom are similar players in their style. 
They're not fantastic skaters. They're not guys who have got the ability. To, you know, they're guys who have the ability to stick handle with the puck, and they've got a good shot. That's that's their biggest strengths. We already don't use Oliver Wallstrom in that role because he doesn't play defense enough, doesn't skate hard enough. You know, whatever litany of excuses Barry Trotz will throw out there. We would not utilize Brock Besser correctly under Barry Trotz, in my opinion. See, I think that Brock Besser would be really, really good in this system. What? I think he'd be good in this system. What makes you believe that? Because I feel he plays a two-way game. He doesn't. Well, I think he does. I like <laughs> him. I like him. What can I tell you? I like him. I'm not saying I don't I don't dislike the guy, but you're talking about a guy who his career year was his rookie season. It's the best year he had. They've been a bad team for a lot of years, Vancouver. They've also made the playoffs in one of those years, too. Whoop de Here's the thing. He's not he's not a huge issue. He's not an issue on the Canucks, I don't believe. But you're right, he's underperformed. He's a streaky scorer. He's a guy who makes his living with his ability to shoot the puck. We've already got snipers on our team, but we play them on the bottom six. You wouldn't trade for Brock Besser and play him on the bottom six, but the same time. You're right. I wouldn't do that. You're right. I'm just saying we wouldn't. The Islanders, even though we play Oliver Wallstrom in a bottom six role, we wouldn't play a guy like Brock Besser in a bottom six role. I'm just saying, uh, I tell you, I I just am not sure his style fits this system. Okay. He's a guy I'd love to have on this team. And sometimes, I mean, Bavillier has not been great this year. Sometimes guys, younger guys, just need a change of scenery. Hmm. You know, if Bavillier went there, he'd be lighting it up. Don't if Bavillier went there, he'd be putting up a lot more points. No doubt about it. He's a good skater. He, he, he'd, be, he'd be perfect fit for another one of those, you know, high four-checking, heavy offensive style teams. For certain, he would be. Lou R says, Bailey sucks. For certain, he does. A truer statement has never been uttered on this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, Pointy Boy Curtis says here, TJ, oh, what do you make of the Russell Wilson being traded for two firsts, two seconds, and players? For we'll that. talk about that tomorrow on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Oh, yes, we will. Now, yeah. you know who Pony Boy Curtis is? It's from The Outsiders. That's right. Do you know who that actor is who played him? Let me take a look at it. You sir. don't. You Still don't. Up. Hold on, it's hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me take a guess. Let me take a guess. Hold on a second. You don't know. Oh, give me a second. See Thomas Howell. Hold on, oh, Grumpy. Right. Hold on, Grumpy. That looks like, yeah, that looks like, uh, see, yeah, see Thomas, Thomas Howell. Howell. Yeah, see Thomas Howell, Grumpy. Oh. I knew that. Yeah, okay. You didn't give me enough time to pull up the answer, damn it. You know what see Thomas Howell looks like now? Uh, is he dead? No, he looks like the guy who's picking up bottles behind the 7-Eleven. And turn him in for five cents. That's what he looks like. I assume. Oh, God. What makes you say that? Because I've seen pictures of him recently. I don't know, Grumpy. I see a whole bunch of pictures of this guy. You see the one where he's got the beard down the ear, all scraggly. He's like. He looks like a a weird hipster looking Jim Carrey. That's what he looks like. Um, But this is where you'll be able to find. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson. Hold on a second, Grumpy. Let me ask you this. You don't think that this guy looks like a hipster Jim Carrey? You think he looks like he's picking up trash or like uh, plastic bottles at the 7-Eleven, really? I don't know. All I'm seeing is my picture up here. So the I swear to that. God, Grumpy. I swear. I, you know, as I'm trying to pull that up, I was hoping I can get anything from you to, to stall me for like 10 seconds. But yes, he looks like a hipster Jim Carrey. No, it looks like they dressed up the bum 
behind the alley, picking up the bottles and the cans. His, it his, in beard the is, his beard is way too well maintained, and so is his hair. It's yeah, not that's greasy. a promo photo. That's a promo photo. I've seen him doing interviews, and it's like, dude, what did you just roll out of some dumpster somewhere, fall off the back of a boxcar when the train rolled through town? Come on. Sorry. I'm looking at him right now. I'm having a tough time finding him looking, you know, unkept. Well, you're about the only one. What can I tell you? Next. Uh, Jesus Christ, Grumpy. Um, and then Mark A says, go St. Bonaventure. The Bonnies. The Bonnies. Says, the Bonnies. Grumpy loves the Bonnies. Man, I remember the Bonnies from back in the day when they were really good. St. Bonaventure. Yeah. Used to watch them on. MSG Network, they'd have a lot of those college basketball games. Oh, man, fun to watch. Frank K says there needs to be a whole ton of changes in the offseason. I just don't know how many we're going to do. You're right. Frank is 100% correct. A bunch of changes do need to happen, but will they? I hope so. I, I think what we do at the deadline will show you a lot. If we don't move a lot of pieces to the deadline, I'll be a little apprehensive that, hey, we want to roll out the same exact pieces, maybe sign a few guys back, and you know, maybe make an addition of one or two, maybe make an addition of a defenseman and a forward, a top six forward, and we think, hey, this is now a team that competes for a cup again. That's the thought process that Lou would have. Nope. Yeah, because history has shown that Lou makes a lot of, not a lot of changes for high-skilled players in the offseason. There it is. There it is. Brett W says, start now. Get rid of old man River Chara. Old man River. What is that from? It's a song. It's an old song, I assume, correct? It is an old song. I forget who wrote it, but yeah, it's been in some movies too, some old movies. Old school. St. Bonaventure, Grumpy. Um, Matthew S saying, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Matthew. Uh, Mark A also says, offer uh, forward uh, Philip Forsberg $9 million per. Oh, that's not happening. They're not going to do that. No way. And TJ, man, I'll tell you what. i tell you, I've got to give TJ some credit. Battling through with a runny nose. How is he able to do it? He's a hero to the people. Let me just tell you that much right now. Thanks, Grumpy. Thanks. I'll make sure I can show you all the dead the dead tissues I've got afterwards. Um, hey, if Forsberg would sign on for $9 million a year, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I think that would be a sweetheart deal. Yeah, he's gonna go somewhere else. He's not I think he's gonna get I think he's gonna get 10 plus. I don't know if he's worth that. Think about this. I'm not saying How many he's, years? Gonna, he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna sign a seven year deal. He's 27 years old, right? pull up his age i believe so I, I think he's 27 i mean he's 27 is he uh, i just don't know if he's worth that much money i like the player but is he worth that much money is he a you know a top 10 forward in the league i don't think so here's the thing 10 million dollars of today is a lot you know it's a lot <laughs> you look at the value of what 10 million dollars is of a today player than when you know john tavares right what is john tavares is on 10 and a half 10 and a half million dollars a year contract he's been on that contract with toronto for what three or four years now okay do you think that forsberg's a better player than john tavares it's signed four or five years after with cap increases so it's a little different but here's the thing, right? It always here's it here's one item. I think Philip Forsberg's a good player. Do not take this out of context. But does it bother me 
that Philip Forsberg is having a career season and a contract year. Yes, it does, right? He's never averaged once in his NHL career more than a point a game in any NHL season, right? Closest he came was in 2017-18, 67 games played, 64 points. And again, albeit Nashville has not been a great team always throughout his career with them. But right now, when you've got 43, 43 games played and 46 points, you're on track to break your your, your single-season record for most goals scored in a single season. I mean, that, that does cause a little bit of an issue for concern that, hey, maybe you're a guy who's just having a career season in a contract year. Very possible. He got close one year to a point per game, but, yeah, that's not been his MO. It's not consistent for him. And, again, uh, I, is it worth paying a guy uh, – not he's he's special right what i see him do on the ice is special and i think with with paired with matt barzal he'd be able to put up a lot of points there's no doubt about that i think of who is his center currently who centers that line in nashville for him at the moment do you know Grumpy? I, I honestly i don't even know don't know i don't even think it matters i just i don't think he's coming here i just don't think we have anything to sell offensive free agents to come here we're a team that's you know retooling, rebuilding, uh, reorganizing, whatever you want to call it. We're not as good as we were a couple of years ago, so we need to revamp the squad, refresh it, if you will. I just don't think that you're going to be able to get somebody like Forsberg or any of the really like good, um, good Johnny Gaudreau, any of those guys to come here. I just don't see it. Ryan, Johansson. Ryan Johansson is centering that line. I He's can tell you one thing. Matt Barzal is leaps and bounds better than Ryan Johansson. Okay. Ryan Johansson's not a bum. I think Barzell's better, but it's not like he's got Casey Zizekas centering his line. Shit, I hope a fourth liner wouldn't be centering his line. Okay. Ryan Johansson, just look at the have you looked at Ryan Johansson's point production? Ryan Johansson, and again, I I could show him side by side. I mean, I, I think obviously Matt Barzal is the better player. I'm not saying Ryan Johansson is a bum, but you take an upgrade on the center position. That's for certain, I believe. And I think that his style fits well because he could skate well and Matt Barzal is able to open up space. Um, yeah. And then uh, okay. Drew L says, I don't know, uh, TJ. I didn't think that Grumpy was uh, Grumpy is the same. He was more like the happy old man last podcast. I was the happy old man last podcast, but TJ bringing me back down. He's like, know your role and shut your mouth, grumpy old man. Angelo M, good evening. How are you? Drew says, Washington went full tank mode with with trading for Carson Wentz. I just wished Scary Terry had a good quarterback for once. Terry McLaurin. He's a good wide receiver. Ex-Ohio State grad. Uh, Charles D said, don't forget to, ch I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean, but fair enough, Charles. Um, defensive back Cooper right here. Grumpy old man says, I tried calling an emergency podcast yesterday. If you guys aren't going to listen to me, I think, uh, I don't think I can continue being an unofficial producer of these podcasts. Look at that grumpy defensive back Cooper out there on the field. AKA Tony cheese. Grumpy. Yes. See, I uh, thought Tony cheese was actually, somebody else earlier on no a comic uh, earlier on no uh frank k says here uh asked devils fans about lou before he left um let's say they don't have nice things to say about him when the salary cap came in that was the end of lou lamarillo when when or when guys were able to leave via free agency um that was the end for lou lamarillo i thought he was he used to be really really good 
identifying talent, but when they expanded the free agency to 27 years old, whatever it turned into, uh, and the salary cap has been a struggle for him. Yeah, not a guy who will excel in that. Brian B says the New York Islanders suck. That for certain they do. That's being We're in tank mode now. We're, we're, we didn't show we were tanking. I think we should embrace the tank. Well, yeah, but I'm, it's not like we're quitting. I mean, I don't think we're quitting. It's not happening, which is not good enough. We play the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow evening. They've been hot. They've been good, hot. good. We need to lose that game. Friday, we play the Winnipeg Jets on They've Sunday. They've not been so hot lately. They've not been playing well. Winnipeg's been miserable this year. They did score, I think, I don't know, 45 goals the last game they played. But other than that, they've not been good recently. All I'm going to tell you is this. The schedule, right, we talked about towards the tail end. The, the schedule starts to pick up towards the tail end. I'll promise you that much. But, hey, you know what? These are uh, – I'll be interested to see how the young players play. I want the players who are going to move to continue to excelling. I mean, hey, improve trade value. The Devils came back 3-0-1. Um, Devils' offense is a lot better than ours. Dobson is one of the only reasons fans are continuing to watch these games. Yeah, he's been he's been a joy to watch. He really has been. And Noah Noah Dobson is a star, says Mark. He's a superstar. Dobson has been the best player on the team lately. For certain, he has. He's really taken a step forward. I still think there's items he can work on the defensive side of the puck, but he's really improved already this season in that area. Yeah, he he's on his way. He's on his way. We see the light has totally flicked on for him. Yep, the rockets are burning. We need to find all those people who said they wanted to trade Noah Dobson because he was struggling early on in the year. We need to find every one of those fly-by-night sites who stupidly thought about that BS and they said, oh, maybe he won't be able to evolve himself into a true top-four talent. Maybe he's always going to be a guy who's just a top-six forward. Maybe he'll be a bottom-pairing defenseman. There was a lot of dumb shit by idiots being thrown out there because a young defenseman at the age of 22 years old or 21 years old at the time period was going through a rough patch. And I was like, just wait. (laughs) When you give him a chance and let him play his game, he's shown what he can do. It's the fact that he's been shackled the last number of years is why his develop, development is not even further along as it is right now. Think about it. Kale McCarr came in out of freaking college, college hockey, automatically, you're our first-line guy, go do your thing. In the playoffs, too, they said, hey, you're going to play every." <laughs> You're playing every night in the playoffs. Where I'm, again, I'm not saying that Noah Dobson was at the level of Kale McCarr when they entered the league, but Noah Dobson is very, very skilled defenseman. Here's the thing. You live with the mistakes that he makes because the upside is so much greater. That's why you live with it. That's what a, that's what a team should do. Why? Because they're not making any money. So you can live through that. And this way you capitalize on his time. Now McCarr's getting paid. And you, you watch. They're going to lowball Dobson, just give him some qualifying offers, something ridiculous like that. I think if you want to really give goodwill, you do sign a long-term deal. I know, DJ, you said eight years, whatever. Uh, yeah, I said I, eight years. I said if you can get him at six million, eight years, that'd be fantastic. Oh, I would do you're that. Buying, in a you're, buying, you're buying out too many years of restrictive free agency. You don't have to worry about it. Why are you buying out that many years, says Phil's facts. I said – well, I said the guy's the best number one, the best defenseman on your team. First off, and second off, you want to make sure you can go ahead. 
if you're just going to punt the ball further on down the road, what's to stop a team later on if you're in a cap issue from saying Noah Dobson, when he hits unrestricted free agent, we can offer him $13 million or $12 million, right? He won't be an unrestricted free agent, what, for another five seasons, another four yeah. seasons? And it means four or five years from now, you're going to have the cap continuing to raise. He's a fantastic defenseman because he puts he's offensively gifted. He's the power play quarterback already and is going to continue to improve at that. He's big. He skates well. And the defensive side of the puck's coming. He's got a frame where he can be physical if need be. He's a player that can play in the regular season and also perform in the playoffs. The cap is going to go up in the what? The next two or three years, right? Yes. And, you're ta- and here's the thing. Maybe you offer him a three-year deal now at four and a half million per. He'd take it. He absolutely would take that. And then you give him a mega deal after that. That Then you would have him, you know, till he's 33 at least and giving him eight or nine million dollars a year. And then you're buying out all those uh, all those uh, free agency years unrestricted when the cap's going to be going through the roof. Remember, we've had a flat cap basically for the last two years as well as next year. So... You know, those are just things you have to consider. Oh, we've been selected. Say this. Yeah, it's they make you damn do that. The tickets at Islander Games at UBS Arena on a secondary market are cheaper than the food, Grumpy. Look at this. Look I at know. this. How sad is that? No, I'm just saying I'm popping this up because, hey, we talked about, hey, it looks like the seats are empty. Fans aren't going to the games. We could sell them on a secondary market for cheaper than the shack, the shack chicken sandwich. That may be a problem. Maybe we need to worry about winning games. Maybe that needs to be at the forefront of the practice going. Or forward. you need to be exciting. One of the two. Preferably yeah. both. Want you to size says I was at the game against Colorado when Bailey missed a shot in the third period. The arena started booing him pretty loudly. Thank God. I feel bad for Josh Bailey in a way. He's been know. a loyal soldier. He's just not talented. They keep on putting him in spots that he's not qualified to play at, though. It sounds like it's when you really quick, when you say you feel bad for Josh Bailey, it sounds like you would also say you feel bad for Russell Westbrook. Russell Russell Westbrook, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll be talking about Westbrook tomorrow. You know, uh, yeah, don't worry. We'll talk about that. They're professional athletes, Grump. I don't feel bad. Yeah, but here's the thing Josh Bailey, uh, he knows he's getting hated by the fans. He knows it. He knows when they sing the song, it's not because they like him. Holy shit, man. It's like the guy who would go up to the free throw line and like Dwight Howard can never hit over like 50% for a season. Dude, sit there and practice the free throw. Josh Bailey, sit in front of the net and work on redirecting a puck in the freaking crease into the net. Work on your backhand from inches away. Here's why I feel bad for Josh Bailey. And I pick on him too. He's been here a long time. He's been putting in, put in situations that he's just not qualified to be in. And that's not his fault, honestly. If he was a third-line guy making $2.5 million a year, I'd have no problem with Josh Bailey, none. It's the fact that they always somehow he matriculates his way up to the first line and or on the power play. He should never be on the power play. Or in the last minute of a game, he should never be on the ice in those circumstances. That's why I get angry with him. But really, it's not his fault. It's the imbeciles who coach the game who put him in those situations. Mm-hmm. And it's not just trots. The guys before him did the same thing. Uh, Mark or Mark A says Anders Lee will score over 20 goals this year. Brian B says, I certainly hope so. He's getting paid seven million a year. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, he's going to score 20 plus goals this season, but he's still a guy who's averaging less than half a point a game. He's played on your first line, 
with Matt Barzal. He's played on your top power play unit and averages less than half a point a game. That's an issue. Shay says, uh, I was at the game against Colorado. The fans booed Bailey. I stayed quiet. I can't boo my own team and players no matter how bad they play. Shay, you're better than I. Uh, here's the thing. Honestly, I never boo a player either. I, I've never done it, ever. I've never booed a player when I've seen them live. Never. Do you see who? Well, I I can't honestly. I couldn't tell you. I don't really. I don't know. I'm sure I've booed players before. Um, you see who that 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 face is that she's holding, Grumpy? You see whose face that is that Shay's holding? I don't know, but it's the same guy who's behind her in the car, it looks like. That's Robin Sallow, Grump. Oh, well, good. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, McClure's Revenge says what the front office doesn't understand is that we would be more engaged uh, in the team if they traded these old farts for draft picks while giving Bellows, Wallstrom, and other young players major ice time. Exactly. And that's why I don't want to go through it again. But that's why, for me, I'll say it again just to say it because eventually somebody will report on it and they'll go, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, you heard on the TJ and Grumpy Almost Man show two years before. When Lamarillo and Trotz came in, they should have went full rebuild right then. Should have went full rebuild by right now. All the young pieces would be coming together and merging into a really good team. I firmly believe that because as much as we bag on Trotz and Lamarillo, they're both they're a good GM and a good coach, okay, without a doubt. And – the whole thing is all you've done is delay the process. And now we're going to be in a really a problematic situation trying to rebuild the team or retool the team or revamp the team, whatever you want to call it, fix it. It's going to be a problem now because we have so many uh, long-term contracts for guys who are in their 30s, where if you just would have cut bait with them early, you'd have young guys who you could invest it in. All righty. Shay says here, again, the only reason I say that is because I hear you say that at least once a week for the last five years. You know what? It doesn't make it any less true. Just like all the things that Brooks wrote in his article, I've been saying for a year and a half. The same things, podcast after podcast after podcast. Why? Because you can see it coming from a mile away. A hundred miles away, you can see it coming. I could have seen it if they were in England or Germany I could see it here in the United States. It was so obvious. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Shea says here, Pulak looks hurt. Uh, uh, still, you can see uh, it just by watching him. Um, you could see him limping throughout the games. And we've talked about this, right? We've mentioned how he just he's certainly not the same player he was. He, get, he looks slow. He gets skated around. If he's injured even a little bit, why is he on the ice? Give somebody else a chance. Nothing wrong with that. Shay says here, Austin Zarnak should be playing. She calls him Zarny. Maybe that's what maybe that's what Barry Trotz calls him. Zarny should be playing. Keep the peas together um, and put the war zone line together below Bellos, uh, below uh, Bellos, Zarnak, and Wallstrom. Um, Bailey is out until Barzi is back. I'm fine with that. Um, and I don't then, know. If, I, I mean, I kind of like Pajot with those two because if Pajot's skating, that's a good mix. Um, and then you've got here, Rich A says, Zarnak is a dumb move. Should have grabbed Oli, uh, Oli Olvi. Well, uh, they have familiarity with Zarnak and they need somebody to fill out the bottom six if they move Clutterbuck and Parise. 
that's a thought process on that. They're not going to bring in somebody else like that. We wouldn't even play him anyway. That's the sad part about it. <laughs> I know he's got the pedigree, right? He was in, he was like a top 10 pick, top five pick back in the day. But uh, Mark A says Zarnak will score 36 points next year. Doubtful. With the honors, I, I don't think it would be impossible to believe he'd have 17 or 18 points in a bottom line role. That's not 36. I know. I know. I'm just saying what I would <laughs> I didn't think he was going to score 36. I just said what I think. Noah W says here, have you guys looked at potential 2022 draft prospects? If yes, who do you like? We've done just a cursory look. We had uh, Nicole, I forgot her last name, was on. Sherman. The, okay, Sherman. She was on the podcast and she talked about some some prospects. I think she's uh, likes the European guys who are blonde uh, more than others. Uh but she has more information on them than, than we do. But we've done a cursory look, like I said. And as the season wraps up, we're definitely going to delve into that, without a doubt. Yep. And once we know how many picks we have in this year's upcoming draft, it kind of gives us more to prepare as well. Yeah. Um, honestly, judging by what Lou has done since he's been here, do you really think this guy will rebuild slash retool the correct way? Definitely not. He's hurting the team more and more year after year. They have to uh, seriously, ownership has to have a serious conversation with him. My plan would be hire a young player oh, development gosh. guy. Uh, no, no, here's the plan, right? Hire a young player development guy, somebody who's not 80, 75 years old, make them assistant GM, kick Lou upstairs, let him do the job as a GM based on what today's NHL is. And if that's not conducive to Lou and Barry in particular, then you have to move on from them. Okay, we got you. you, you I mean, like, I feel like we're on a broken record now. You're saying the same things you say. Oh, I should just ignore those no, 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 Grumpy. No, Grumpy. He's asking, what makes you think that he can rebuild? We're not asking what you think we should do here going forward, Grumpy. I think he's that's capable of a rebuild, but that's when ownership needs to step in. Because if he doesn't want to rebuild, if he just wants to add more pieces to the rotting core. I don't core, think ownership wants to rebuild yet. Ownership believes what Lou is telling them. Do you think that they're happy with the product they put on the ice every night? I, I No, but I think ownership believes with what Lou is telling them. This is where you and I don't see it eye to eye. I don't agree with it, but I think ownership believes wholeheartedly that Lou has, Lou, oh, Lou could go ahead and get us back in, and so could Barry Trotz. This is just a misnomer. This is an off year. Don't worry about it. Lou is going to concoct a fantastic plan this offseason. We're going to bring this person in, that person in, and we're going to be right back into the Stanley Cup race. We're going to be right back into the playoff picture. That's what they think. It's and not right, and it's not a good ideology, but that's what the ownership believes. And they're just as dumb as the bootlick and weasel squad who felt the same way last offseason when I told them it's not going to work. It's not going to work, and it didn't. Okay. Okay. Um, Varley has to go. I agree, Mark. Um, Jim P says here, Watherspoon looks solid this year and has added some toughness to his game. Uh, we may be able to move Scott Mayfield, Chara, and Aho for picks. Watherspoon, Sallow, and Hutton could fill in nice, and we could see what they've got. I keep on forgetting about Grant Hutton. He's been, he was good when he came up. I thought he got better every single game he played. I'm not worried as much about our defense as a lot of other people are. I mean, Char well, they see and Green. What you roll out there right now, right? If they think Char and Green are starting every night, that's an issue. 
you don't need them. I think they're addition by subtraction, honestly. Yes, in their day, they were really, really good players. Yes, they have a wealth of knowledge, but it's some, you know, the mind can't make the legs do what they're supposed to do at some point in time. And that's kind of where you're at. I'd rather have, if you're going to keep them, let them sit and teach the young guys, almost like de facto coaches for the rest of the season. Danny D says, yeah, Weatherspoon and Hutton both look good. Pony Boy Curtis saying, hey, guys, what about Richard Ponick there? Uh, what he's been up to? He's not played fantastically in the A. I think he, you know, he's he's more of a role player at this point in time in his career. He's always been a guy like that. In an ideal scenario, he's an AHLer, right? I mean, I worst thought, case scenario, you call him up. That's about it. Yeah, I thought Pony Boy Curtis was Tony Cheese. Okay, I know. I, I figured that's what you meant, but yes. Um, and then Shay says here, Varlamov was never going to go to Edmonton. And yo, remember when Jason Chimera was an Islander? Uh, like, yeah. what the hell was that? Yeah. That's right. Was only, that's I think it's 40 time. games. It was only 40 games. Yeah, I was about to say, it was a short time. Um, Lou will make three trades if we're lucky, says Danny D. See, I hope that, that's wrong. what I, I just, I don't think you're going to see him turn over. Varley, of the roster. Bailey, Varley, Bailey, Parise, Clutter, Green, and Chara are all gone. I think I think it's safe to say at least three bare minimum are gone. Let's assume Varlamov and Bailey are not moved. I think for certain Parise, Clutterbuck, and Chara, all three of those guys are gone. Bare minimum three. So when I said that earlier, you you, you shit you all said, over me. No, no, no. You said a good and a – hey – it would be more than what we expect if we make three trades because we're waiting to the last minute. I said, no. I said, if we make three trades, that is like worst case scenario. I could not imagine us getting le making less than three trades. You thought three so trades saying, was a high, you thought three trade, three trades was a high point. I said three trades is the absolute lowest point possible I think we could achieve. Lowest. You thought that was the high point, Grump. Well, now if you're just admitting year, I was now here. you just admitted right now that you said three guys will be gone. Which is just what I said earlier. At least three guys. You said the high water mark was best case scenario we move three guys. I said worst case scenario. There's no way we move less than three guys. You thought that's the absolute high water mark. I so think I think that's all. What I said was I think that's all Lou's going to do is three guys. He's not going to he's not going to turn over twenty percent of the team at the trade deadline. It's just not going to happen. Run I'd be bit. I'd be happy if he moved at least three guys. Okay. I think I want all six. You'll move three. You're probably moving four or five guys this year's trade. Now it's four or five. Okay, so when it's three, then you could say, "Grumpy, you were right again." Holy shit! Because let me tell you something. I'm not forgetting it. Grumpy, you forgot even what you said earlier on this podcast. I tell you, um, I know exactly what. Founders are too slow to compete for a cup. Absolutely. Sure. Shay also says, um, "Who knows uh, what will do?" There's no old players on the Devils uh, he can trade for besides uh, PK Subban. He Subban sucks. I'm sorry. He's he's towards a tail end. He's a he's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. He's just not great in the defensive zone. He's always to me been one of the most overrated players in the NHL. Got a big mouth. Likes to self-promote. He's never been, I don't think he's ever been that good. He's played his way. Didn't shoot his way. Played his way off of how many teams because he's just not that good. Montreal loved him, but they could not wait to get rid of him because he was. He just wouldn't do what they wanted him to do. That's not anybody you want on a team like this. Uh, Mario says, not only uh, salinity, but arrogance. Senility. Senility. Senility, but also arrogance as well, and tons of it regarding Lou Lamarillo. 
Yes. Big excuse use Varlamov. Shea says, if we played in front of Varlamov like we did in front of a Sorokin, he would be in a much better spot. I absolutely agree. Brian B says, who cares who can use Varlamov? Just trade him. Avs need a goalie. Kemper and Franco suck. Uh, by the way, Georgiev was awful again last night. He has about zero value. Hey, remember Grumpy Old Man last podcast? You said that Georgiev had more trade value than you would trade more, and you thought that Georgiev was a better trade value than than Simeon Varlamov. Remember that one? What I said was I thought that he would be somebody who would have more value on the trade market than Simeon Varlamov. I didn't say what I would do. I you said still, that, You still think that's the case? I, I think it's very possible he's 26 years old. Okay. He's 26. Danny D said, if you give Varlamov more games, he'll be fine. It's a stop. It's the stop and go shit that's given him trouble. Yeah. I just, I mean, he's, he's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Not had a good year. Well, good. And now you're back in the middle where you should be. Not that he's had a bad year. He's Damn, had an okay year. Bad. Yeah. Okay. This is what I mean. Nick D says, TJ Grump, how you guys doing tonight? What's up, Nick? How are you? Shitty loss the night, uh, last night, and the at or Monday night. The Avs defense is terrible. Do you think that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs um, will kick the tires on Varlamov? Uh, I hope so. Absolutely, I hope so. I trade him to Toronto in a second. You might actually get a good young player in the mix, as well as a pick. Maybe a second and a developmental winger. Who the heck knows? Maybe maybe Josh Hosang. Shea said, excluding Colorado, the Colorado games, we scored five goals in the last four games. Yeah, that's right. We did score a few against Colorado the, both times we played them, but as a whole, we have not played very well as of late. Um, Frank K says, Patrick Waugh isn't playing well or wasn't playing or wasn't playing well before he got traded to the Avs. Change of scenery matters, even though Varlamov was in Colorado already. And talent really matters because Wah is a Hall of Fame goaltender and Varlamov isn't. Rich A said, if TJ can get any team to take any player off the Islanders, this podcast is seriously undersubscribed. <laughs> Very true. That's, that's comment of the night right there. Oh, there's Drew L said, this podcast is sponsored by the New York, the New York ancient Accent, accent accent challenge. Ah, uh, grumpy. Uh, Rich A said, "If TJ can get any team, oh, gotcha." Um, and then uh, Jake he really K wanted to emphasize that point. I, I was, I, I was trying to read. I was trying to. It, it was posted twice. Um, he put criminally under undersubscribed, not seriously criminally this time. Uh, Jake K says here, uh, "Too much to taking." Says the ultimate question: Should a general manager manager ask is Varlamov better? than a respected goalie that he has. Yes. Absolutely. So it's all yeah. relative, Grumpy. It's all it relative. Is. It is. Tony Boy Curtis says, boys, are we ever going to get the actual audio clip of TJ saying Andrews Lee is a better fit for the New York Honors than Patrick Kane? We would have to get, we have to subscribe to SoundCloud to dig it up in the archives. I don't even know if they kept it that long either. We would have to go ahead and re-enroll back in uh, SoundCloud. I don't know. I'll try to look into it again. There's a lot. There's a lot of those old SoundCloud ones to listen through. Uh, the Pony Boy Curtis also says, I mean, come on, boys. Uh, do you really want a oh, a taxi cab assailant Patrick Kane on your team? Um, uh, Brooks is pitching, is pitching a hard on that the Rangers are a better team than the Islanders again. He's terrible. 
He's always been pro-Ranger. Always, Larry Brooks. Always. The Fentaback Cooper says, please stop fighting. I just had the urge to lock myself in the closet and play with my G.I. Joes. Defensive back Cooper. Um, Nikki said, uh, this thing with uh, Barzal being out, uh, the team just stepped up their game, especially Anthony Bavillier. I think Bavillier has been hustling out there, but unfortunately, he hasn't scored as much as he should have. Yeah, he's just not been good this year. I, I, I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point. I, of all the young guys, he's the only one I'd consider moving, the only one. Uh, Brian B says half seasons. That's what made this team successful. True, because you can't play this style with guys in their thirties. For an ex- like I said, even the playoff series, there were what eighty games over the course of the season. That was it. Grumpy loves his Bonaventure basketball. Bonnie's. Um, and then uh, I'm a egg and hammer. What the hell does that mean, Grumpy? Ham. I call him a ham and eggers. You know. Ham and oh, egg. gotcha. I got you. He's an egg and hammer. I go into a diner like everybody gets a ham and egg. Ham and egg, you know? Ham Did, and egg. Let me ask you this, Grumpy. What do you go when you go to – hold on. Do you actually go to a diner? Have you ever no, been not to Not anymore. Diner? They don't have diners where I live. Okay. They have, have one diner where I live. For breakfast, you get ham and eggs. What do you get for breakfast meal when you go to the diner, Grumpy? I don't go to a diner. for. I just told you I don't go to a diner for breakfast. Certainly not for breakfast. They have one diner, and it's – not that great, you know. A diner. Assume you're going to IHOP. That's a diner. It's IHOP a, it's a is not a diner. It's a franchise. IHOP isn't a diner. The closest thing to a bu- diner you're going to get. What do you get when no. you go to IHOP, Grump? It's a hot. Do- no, a diner means a hot dog shop. Uh, oh, um, come on. Pancake. IHOP is like a pancake place. Yeah, I know. They have other things. I mean, they're failing. Diners are different. I've eaten I've eaten hamburgers at IHOP. They're pretty good. I've eaten pretty much everything off IHOP. Greasy spoon diner. What? Have you ever heard of the term a greasy spoon diner? Uh. Okay, look it up. Oh my God, TJ again. Oh man, man, I'm sick. What else you want me to say, Grump? God Almighty, Grump! You just you just over here. I guess I I guess I've learned how much I have to do in the dead space (laughs) to keep things going. The one day I'm unable to do so because of sneeze and blowing noses, it's noticeable, Grumpy. It's noticeable. Eddie says, I don't think we're moving as many players as most fans are clamoring for. I think it will be minimal. I think we're in for a big disappointment. I hope you're wrong, Eddie. So do I. I Want to be disappointed. That's what I think, too. Three guys tops. It is something I'm conditioned for, though. There has been a lot of disappointment year after year after year regarding NHL trade deadlines as well as NHL free agency time periods. Here's here's what I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear things like, well, we didn't get the value back for these players that we were hoping, so we decided to keep them. Oh, shit. That's that's one thing I don't want to hear. Because, I mean, Josh Bailey... He should already be on a plane to Arizona. They need money to get to the cap floor. Josh Bailey's a good citizen out there. Why not? It's only $3.5 million in actual money they have to pay out. He should already be gone. Why is he not gone already? What's up, Eric? How are you? Um, Chris Smith says here, um, they made it to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, or the back-to-back Conference Finals, but I think it was smoke and mirrors. Their defense was has played awful this year, too. Absolutely. And Apex Legends says here, an Apex Legends skill rises to the top. On the armadillos of the New York Islanders, age rises to the top line no matter what. True. And I agree, Eddie. 
Lou is nothing but a disappointment and will buy for another year for old man Islanders failed hockey. I mean, I, I mean, all right, you might believe what Lou says, but if you actually look, I mean, Ledecky's in the stands. He watches, I think he watches the games, unless he's just glad handing the whole day. I mean, nobody's showing up. You can't give the tickets away. The seats are empty. The team sucks. No one scores. It's not exciting. Something has to change. And if Lou says, oh, let's ride it out again. Well, really? Because we're not exciting enough. We have empty seats here, Lou. You want to know the next seat that's going to be empty is your GM chair. Damn! I hear you, Grumpy. Uh, Shea says, the minimal ice time can be hurting Wallstrom. I 100% agree. He makes one mistake, and he knows he's going to get benched and can't go back out and learn from it. He probably has that in his brain. And it can hurt them for certain. You get, you kind of grip the stick tighter and you say, shit, if I do one wrong thing, it just kind of, it, it's manifest destiny where it's like, shit, I, I've made one mistake before. Okay. I, the last time I made a mistake, I sat out the last two shifts and I've been on the bench for the last seven minutes. Oh, crap. I'm out here again. I'm kind of nervous. We're in our own zone. Okay. Things are moving quick. Where's my guy? Uh, you kind of get, it's like you kind of get like, uh, you're almost like a lost dog in a convenience store. Yeah. We've talked about this numerous times before also how the younger guys get penalized for making a mistake. It's not good for them. I don't think it is because you should be pumping up their confidence, not derailing them. When they see older guys can make countless mistakes, turning over the puck endlessly, making mistakes in the defensive end that cost you goals, and they continue to roll them out there every other shift. That's not the case with the younger players. That's the only issue I've really ever had with trots is that. Frank K said, "Then Barry must have been a real shit coach, and that he can't he can't get the team regrouped after Wallstrom's mistake. He needs to go. He's poisonous for younger players, and Wallstrom should have broke that stick over Trotz's head." Says Frank. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Christmas says here, "I'm starting to agree. I mean, he keeps putting Bailey out there as a six skater at the end of games. I'm questioning almost everything Trotz does now." And we've been talking about it, you know, for a while. And it's not just because he's losing games. Right. Right. You qu we were questioning things where he was winning games that didn't make sense either. There were always just been certain things that, again, albeit in the past, it hasn't been a lot of things we've questioned. This year, we've questioned a lot more. And Islander fans as a whole, I think, have questions and should have questioned a lot more based off of the results and based off of the decision making by our head coach. We've talked about it numerous times before. And you know, the whole thing is I'm not an analytics guy or one of those analytics geeks, but they were saying, you know, we, our results don't equal what the analytics are showing us. I know what I see on the ice and I'm like, I don't know how we're winning games. It seems like we get a lot of puck luck and now we're just getting a natural regression. And you see what the season is. We're a, I, I'm practically a 500 team, right? A little bit below now, but let's say we're a 500 team. That's what the talent says we are. Um, what do I think we are? Here's the thing. We're well below 500 team. I don't count a shootout loss as a non-entity or an overtime or shootout loss as a non-entity. That's a loss. Right, when people are like, we're a 500 team. We can be 22, 24, and 7. Well, in reality, you've lost 31 games, and you've only won 22. Loss is a loss is a loss, whether it's an overtime and shootout, it's still a loss. I mean, we're a below average team, as simple as you could as say that. it was a tie. You could say it was a tie. A it's not, though. 
they still have a winner and a loser at the end of the game. That's not a tie. It's not like soccer where it lands in a tie. Okay. They lose. They lose in overtime. They lose the shoot. It's a loss. Okay. Okay. They're below 500 team, below average team. Um, Frank K says Thompson needs to get gone in Bridgeport, but since he's Clarissa Lamarillo's boy, I doubt it. Um, Here's the thing. Fredo was greasing the skids for the end of, uh, of Thompson. He fired all the assistants after last year. Thompson's last man standing. They're terrible this year again. He'll be gone. Shea says he's got no room for mistake and no time on ice off Wallstrom. Absolutely. Um, it's like Barry Trotz is just collecting a paycheck. Christmas says here, TJ Grumpy. What, Grumpy? Because we're going to go I disagree with quick. That. Okay. Christmas says here, TJ Grumpy, the man, what's your opinion on Anthony Bavillier? Uh, I think he's a relatively streaky score, or he's a relatively streaky guy and a good scenario on a good team. He's a top, top nine forward. He's ideally a really good third line left wing. He's probably of the top six of our top six players on the top two lines. He's the only guy, I'm excluding Matt Barzell, of course, the only guy who another team would even be remotely interested in acquiring. I, I'm gonna I'll change that. I think Nelson, teams would be interested in Nelson, but the only guy that we could move to potentially add someone else to the top six. But he's not the biggest problem. It's the other guys who are making big money and totally underperforming, like Bavillier. A change of scenery might help Bavillier. A change yeah. of system might help Bavillier, but I don't I don't know about what you just said, Grumpy. Frank K says here, Trotz ruined him, talking about Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, he's, he, was, um, he was great with Barzal and Eberle. Oh, I'm sorry, Bavillier. Yeah, I thought that was a good line. Uh, the sad thing about that shot where Bailey misses the net is he's anticipating missing the shot and going for the loose puck. Um, he doesn't look uh, he doesn't look up like, oh my gosh, I missed from here. Yeah, he was frustrated after that shift was over, though. He's like, oh my God, he couldn't believe he missed it. That's when I, I, I saw was, that if look you, on If you team. win the game, if you win that game, that's when your teammates just, I'm talking about, rail the ever-living shit out of you if you miss an opportunity like that as long as you win you lose like that not so much but if you win they could be like how the hell do you miss a shot from point blank like that he only has three goals the whole year he's only played like 50 games though grumpy he hasn't played enough games that's the real issue three he doesn't goals. play enough ice time five million dollars a year for three goals uh he's only played 45 games grumpy He's fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. He only averages 17 minutes and 10 seconds of ice time a night and plays on a power play and plays as the sixth man when we pull a goalie. He'd have to play 45,000 games just to get to 20 goals. And also this, well, not, it'd be 30. But um, anyway, I mean, think about it like this too, Grumpy. He also plays out there every single time. Well, that'd be 300. He also plays out in there every single time when we when we <laughs> when the other team has a pulled goalie as well. So think about how many empty net opportunities he's had as well. Not scored any, but he's out there for a lot of prime opportunities and only have three goals while playing 17 minutes a night. That's almost worse than Scott Gomez's performance when he struggled back in the day. You remember that they used to have Scott Gomez only averages, gets paid one million dollars for every goal he has. You remember when that used to be a running thing? Yes, I do. I just, you know, empty net situations where the other team's pushing for a goal. Are you really your best defensive players, Anders Lee and Josh Bailey? They're your best defensive players out there. Why? Even Brock Nelson. 
I mean, he's okay, but I'd much rather have Pajot in that situation than Nelson. I, I mean, it's, it's almost like he says, you know what, we're going to try to pad your stats. So mm -hmm. the grumpy old man won't talk shit about you. But here's the thing. The grumpy old man actually watches the games, and he knows when you're scoring those empty net goals or a goal when you're down 7-1, to one, you pop a couple in when it doesn't mean anything. Brock Nelson, Anders Lee. I'm not even including Josh Bailey in there because he never scores. Josh Bailey is, I mean, he is what he is at this point, no doubt about it. Um, and Trotz should put Lee with Barzal, Bavillier, Parise, or Palmieri. Um, you think two uh, of those three should be playing with them, Brock Nelson with Wallstrom and Bellows. Uh, I would like to see how they play together. No. Uh, Nelson with Wallstrom and Bellows is not a good mix because they don't have a playmaker on that line. That's why I like Pajot. Um, Nelson's a shooter. He's not a creator. And that would be a miserable line. Uh, Lee should, you're right, Lee should never play with Barzell. Let's be honest, when Palmieri and Parise played with Barzell, that line was kicking it. They really were. Mm. Mm -mm. And here's the thing. I do not want to see Anders Lee with, with Matt Barzell. I think you're right, Grump. I, I don't want to see that. Never. They just don't mesh well together. We've been saying that since Barry Trotz put him on that line. Anders Lee was a better fit for John Tavares than Absolutely. Anders Lee is a fit with Matt Barzal. And yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to demean Matt Barzal, but John Tavares does certain things that accentuate and improve Ant or Anders Lee's game where Matt Barzal is unable to do that. John Tavares makes players around him better. That's what he does. Matt Barzal can do that, but the players have to be the players have to be more of a they have to be they have to have a certain skill set in order for Matt Barzal to make him better. Where John Tavares, I think, could make any player better around him. Matt Barzal makes more skilled, faster wingers better and has a higher ceiling for those players. Where John Tavares can make about every player better, but his ceiling might be a little lower with the faster skilled players. He doesn't isn't as great a skater or have the physical ability that Barzell does. But he's a better overall player than Matt Barzell. And he does, and you're right, he can play with anyone and they're going to get better. Anyone. That's not the case with Matt Barzell. I love Matt Barzell, but he needs to have a certain type of player. To, I'm not uh, trying to turn this into a, a John Tavares is so fantastic, but think about the guys who used to play with PA Parento, uh, Molson, Matt Molson. I mean, we. <laughs> We really threw out a lot of shitty Akpo. Uh, we really threw out a lot of shitty wingers for him, and he was able yeah. to turn those guys into 50, 60 point a season guys. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, he left for somewhere else. Hey, that more power to you. You're allowed to do it. Unrestricted free agency, no problem at all leaving. I'm not butthard over it. But, you know, we lost somebody, and I don't think he was a great captain, but he made the players on the ice the best they could possibly be because of just the skill set that he has. I don't think he's a good captain. I think he's a, no. I think he does make players better than around him. Eddie says, damn, I think we found our new ad read, man. There it is, yeah. Grumpy. Shea said, Grumpy has got to do the ad every podcast. And then Jeremy Ford says, very animated, Grump. It's assessed, not assessed. It's accessed, not assessed. The rest was wonderful. And Ho Penny, Grumpy, who doesn't love the famous Ho Penny. I'm going to give that number to Calvin Ridley. And Grumpy says Alexander. We can't talk about that tomorrow. How much money does Calvin, what was Calvin Ridley making? $10 million a year? Something like that. I don't believe 
Was it worth it for a $1,500 bet? And here's the thing. Hold on a second. What I don't get is the NFL will allow people to beat their wives and children, and they'll get three-game suspensions. But if you place a $1,500 bet on FanDuel, you're suspended for a year. doesn't even matter if you bet on your team to win. We're going to let you beat anybody you want and domestically abuse, and you're going to get a three-game suspension. But you can bet on that. You can bet on a game, and you're going to get a full-year suspension. How does that make sense? Okay, we're going to talk about this tomorrow, so I don't want to get too much into it. But I'll just say Calvin Ridley needed to be smarter placing those bets. He did. He does need to be smarter. He got a brother or an uncle or a wife or just a guy down the street. Don't put your own name to it. It's just dumb. neighbor. You see it in every single locker room. No gambling, no betting on games. Every single one. I mean, I know he's read it. I know they're told about it. It just... It's just so dumb. I just, man, oh, man, I don't know what some of these people think. Just criminal. Just crazy, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Grump. We'll talk about that tomorrow, though. Trey Pavillier and Clutterbuck for Brock Besser. Um, by the way, I hope you guys are doing great. Thanks, Alexander. hope you're doing well also. Um, Grump, do you remember Gino's Pizzeria on Uniondale Avenue by I, Caesar Street Park? I do not remember that pizzeria. Paulo C. says, Wallstrom. Should be on the first power play unit because he's a shooter. I would put him on the left side of the power play just um, and just look for him. Like Ovechkin plays the left side of the power play. You would think that would work, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Shea says here, Bellows should be on the power play. No way Bailey should play on a power play. Bellows. I couldn't agree more. Ever. Matthew S. says, I'm still flabbergasted that Bailey missed that. Absolutely. SP says, um, who do you think is going to be the first person traded? My bet is Varlamov. I don't know. I don't know. No. I don't know. Um, I don't know how Trotz keeps playing him either, talking about Josh Bailey. You and me both. Defensive back Cooper says, hipster Jim Carrey is dead on. I'm telling you, Grumpy, that is hipster Jim Carrey. I promise you it is. SCG says here, people don't care or don't take as much care of their appearance when they're on a zombie apoc- when they're on zombie apocalypse now. Is that a TV show or something? No, they're talking, I think, about the uh, – I don't know. Maybe it's about the TV show. Maybe it's, you know, the COVID thing. I've seen stuff from two years ago. It's like, dude, run a comb through that damn beard. Comb your hair. You look like a freaking bum. He's a hipster Jim Carrey. Uh, John P. says, good evening, gentlemen. The Bonnies are up by 25, Grumpy. I can't yeah, wait to see – Who's shirt are you wearing, Grumpy? I can't <laughs> wait to see Eastern the Eastern New Mexico Greyhounds. Make an appearance somewhere in the tournament. Uh, Frank K says Forsberg will stay in Nashville. And Forsberg is definitely not a top 10 forward, but he's a legit first liner. Uh, Forsberg would be another unmovable contract in two years. You got to be careful. How close are we really to being a Stanley Cup contender? We're a long ways off. A long ways off. Mario said the same thing can be said or the same can be said about Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who is also having a career year in his uh in his walk year and his uh in his um career year in his uh in his contract season, but it didn't concern anybody, least of all Lou Lamarillo, who gave up a first and a second round pick to Ottawa for him. I I, I remember even mentioning that to Grumpy. Again, uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot has played better than I originally had anticipated him to play. But I, I still thought we overpaid way too much for a third line center. And then five million dollars per for five years. See that it's and pro, I don't even know if there's a no trade clause in there. Um, 
But I'm gonna if, if I was a betting man looking at every other deal he signed, it probably is the same case. I'm about to say maybe a modified no move clause. There's some sort of security on that side. I can pull that up, Grumpy. Okay, that's cool. But see, I do I do like JG Pajot, and I thought he was good. I think he's noticeably slowed down the last year, though. Yeah, he's got no, a he's no got a full he's got a full no trade clause last year and this year. Then he has a modified no trade clause for the next four seasons. I mean, it's like what is it when you're giving no trade clauses to players? What does it mean? It means they don't want to play for you. You have to bribe them to sign contract extensions. What do you mean? The only guy they never had to bribe was Josh Bailey because he knew he sucked. Everyone knows he sucked, and he went to them early. He always signed his contract extensions a year or two before they were expired. He was smart like that. He is smart. He knows, man, I blow. Let's see, I scored a couple of goals this month. Uh, I'm going to go for a contract extension. Yeah, let's go another five years. Thanks, Josh. Uh, and then we got here, um, John P. says, Atu Ratu, 35 games for Yokrit, has 12 goals and 20 assists. He's a plus 24. Yeah, he's been playing well for them. Absolutely. No doubt about it. That's a trot system player. Uh, I tell you, he would. He's, uh, uh-uh, he's something different. Again, I think he'll be successful under trots or without trots, depending on how long he'll be here. But that's that's a guy where you look at, you know, hey, did we do a good job of identifying somebody who could be successful for us later in the draft in the second round? I think definitely we did. Yeah, agreed. I don't know if that's if Chris was talking about Ratu or somebody else though. Yes, he's talking about Ratu. Okay. Um, and uh, we're one of the best teams on the power play when Bellow stops and Wallstrom are on it for certain. True. Chris true. He said, TJ, the last emergency podcast you were going to do was going to make when Varlamov was traded and he didn't end and he didn't show up for the game, but it was a false alarm because of COVID. I do remember that. Um, that was when we all got our hopes up. Drill said, also, TJ, where's the stat at the beginning of the season where Wallstrom was scoring more than every other player per 36 minutes or per 60 minutes of ice time? Yeah, it's convenient, right? We stopped playing him on five. We Think about that. He was a hit, goal production, I think point production. He had higher point production for like a two-week time span or three-week time span than every or like, uh, you know, most players in the NHL. Or he was maybe top five in point production over a 60-minute span, and we still played him bottom six minutes despite when he was really playing well. That'd be like when Noah Dobson's been playing as well as he had. We could say, well, we still got to play in minimal minutes. I know he's performing well right now. We just don't think he's ready, though. Yeah. I, you know, I don't even care about that stuff, honestly. All I know is I want the kid to play. Just play him. Okay, gotcha, Grumpy. I didn't know if you are pulling up some research or something. No, uh, no. Pat H. says here, it's time um, to back up the Home Depot moving truck and dump off the bags of trash holding us back. Toss them out like a donation, like the donation of clothes and trash bags. Oh, gosh. Oh. Our problem is not Varlamov uh, or the goaltending or the defense. Our problem is the freaking forwards who can't even or who can't score, even if the opposing team um, would have a scores net. Soccer uh, net. A soccer net, sorry. Um, We would still lose games. Absolutely. True. Um, Varlamov was good the other night. Matthew S. said, I bought a ticket for Sunday. Down in the low, down down low for thirty four bucks. Lesson to people who buy season tickets: don't. Oh, Oof, I tell you, yikes! 
you're already going to get ripped off on season tickets. Better to buy on the secondary market closer to the game. True. People can't wait. To, here's the thing. When you're boring and you don't win, people aren't going to want to go and watch your product. Period. I always laugh at these sports teams that say, oh, we can't survive in this market. Yeah, you can't survive in the market because your team sucks and there's a lot of other things you can do for entertainment. And going to see a, a last place hockey team or baseball team is not high on anybody's priority list. Well, usually when people cry that, it's because they don't actually put the money back into the team and they're going to have like, they're going to be at the salary cap floor. And instead of actually saying, hey, we're going to be competitive by putting money into the team, they'd rather turn a profit. Again, they're businessmen. They could do what they want, businessmen and women. But that's the reason why. Drew L says here, TJ, I'm going to have to disagree with you on Bailey versus Westbrook. People laugh at Westbrook because his ego is through the roof. Bailey's a humble dude. Um, it's just that Barry thinks that he's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, there's no comparison between. I was um, I was more making the comparison, Grumpy, when you were talking about how you felt bad for Josh Bailey. I'm like, I don't feel bad for Bailey. I don't feel bad for any professional athlete who gets a little bit of a run in the media or gets people booing him like that. You're a professional athlete. Yeah, you don't hear Josh Bailey or his wife complaining that he's getting booed. That's my point. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, the Wessel Westbrook is a whole. out in Los Angeles complaining, oh, they call me Westbrick. Yeah, I could care less, dude. Hit more shots. This thing is way different. It is. It is. And again, I, we like Bailey as a guy. I, I feel like I wouldn't like Russell Westbrook as a person after listening to how he complained about how people were making fun of him, what he's been. I don't know. It's coming at me in my name. I don't know. We'll talk we'll about be that. We'll talking about that. Anthony, Anthony R says, I got, we got Grump. Anthony R says here, hey, guys, I uh, forgot you're on tonight. Um, don't know if you guys talked about it. Yeah, Varlamov won't go to Edmonton. A 10-team no-trade list. It's actually 16 teams. I was about to say it's 16. I wonder who the other 15 teams are. I paid $29 for both Friday, um, for both uh, tomorrow, tomorrow and Friday. Friday. Ice level in two and one twenty-one. Damn. Pretty damn good seats. Wow. Uh, man, Edmonton has trouble getting players to go there. Maybe it's the unrelenting sub-zero temperatures. There's nothing to do there except freeze. I mean that Oilers team is that's the whole that's it for Edmonton. That's the whole province. That's life there. Pat H says here, gotta play Varlamov, keep showcasing him to dump him off in his salary cap and, and, and his salary off. Colorado gets away with their team by keeping their goaltending cheap. Yeah. See, he's the first guy I try to move. I'd be pushing to move him before somebody else starts snapping up goaltenders. Elliot Freeman says his name keeps coming up a lot. You never know with Lou Lamarillo, but his name keeps coming up a lot. That's got to be good news, though, right? You would think. I mean, I mean, I, but here's the thing. You got, Lou's got to be willing to pull the trigger. Pull the trigger, dude. Just do it. Do it. Okay, you keep saying that, Grumpy. No trades have happened since the Tyler Toffoli trade. None. I don't care. Just pull the trigger. I don't care, Lou. You got a deal right now. If it's it's a semi and follow him off for a fifth round pick, go ahead and pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Grumpy, freaking relax, man. It's gonna happen. If it happens, it happens, right? If he doesn't trade him, it's because Lou doesn't want to move him. We didn't get the value that I thought his talent level showed that we should have gotten. That means Lou didn't want to move him. That's what well, that means. Then that means that Lou needs to go, because everyone we've mentioned should not be on the team next year. Every single one. Oh my god. 
The backup goalie can't be getting five million dollars a year to play twenty-five games. I, that I, can't I, happen. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, if you hear that, right, that's bullshit. If you hear that he said, "Oh, we didn't get the value on him," essentially, what that means is he didn't want to trade him. That's what exactly what that means. I'm saying for you to say, well, "Why hasn't he traded him yet?" Well, let's wait. Let's wait and see. It's easier to wait and see what happens than to say, "Oh, we're two weeks before, or a week and a half before the trade deadline. Why have you done that yet? You're incompetent." Let's wait. I'd rather be pro I, like I said, once again, you play musical chairs. You don't want to be the last guy not getting a chair. Get rid of the goalie. Get rid you of You also said the people that wait towards the tail end of the deadline have to pay more for their players. No, that's what you keep saying. No, 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 I Grumpy. You always say when we try to acquire players at deadline, you'd rather be proactive because you can pay less and you can set the market instead of paying more by waiting. So, again, if you suggest when you're buying to be proactive and to buy early so you pay less, why, if you were selling, do you want to sell early and receive less? How does that make sense, Grump? I want to get rid of Varlamov. That's what I want. I want him it's off nice. the rock. It's just you don't have the ability to wait and be patient. Okay, because if you're stuck with him, then it's an ultimate fail. And you're right. Then you that get is Thomas Paddock all the, That is again. a fail on your general manager. That's correct. Yeah. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want a failed general manager. Chris Smith here says, Grumpy Man, a full rebuild doesn't guarantee that in three years your team's going to compete. That's correct, True. Chris. But look at Detroit and the Rangers, Rangers and the Kings, different. just to mention three teams who've done a full rebuild and been good within three years. Detroit was the worst team in the league last year, and look at them now. The Rangers were one of the worst teams in the league three years ago. Look at them now. The, Kings, the Rangers are different. And the Kings were one of the worst teams in the league three years ago. Look at them now because they embraced the rebuild. Nothing wrong with that. The Rangers are different. Don't include them in the same breath as the other rebuilds. The Kings and the, the Red Wings are a little different, but the Rangers are something completely different, Grump. Uh -oh. Yes, we did. Noah Dobson, we did see the article comparing Noah Dobson to Kale McCarr. And ownership, I believe, everything, ownership, I believe, our ownership everything believes Lou everything Lou buy. sells them, unfortunately. Yeah. Hutton is an unrestricted free agent. He may be gone. I I'm not sure what type of that. I'm not sure what type of value there is for Grant Hutton, who's only played a handful of games in the NHL. I was about to say, Grump, I agree with you. I couldn't imagine there being a huge market for him. Yeah. Chase H says Sonny Milano is from New York and is looking for a trade. I think I remember hearing his name before on a trade on the trade block bench. Uh, maybe we could grab him. By the way, um, if half of our players were 15 to 10 years younger, we uh, we would be we would have a dynasty and a half. Yeah, I don't think Sonny Milano's that good. I don't think he ever really panned out. Neither do I. Drew says, uh, that'd be a pretty nice story for Grant Hutton um, since he become a mainstay in the Islanders and, and the roster is undrafted to an NHL starter. Yeah, I like him. Coach Tommy B says, hello, gents. What's up, Coach Tommy B? Uh, Pat H says here, Brock Nelson needs to go. He takes so many stupid penalties and has played horrible. Uh, need to get rid of him. Clutterbuck, Varlamov, Mayfield, Bavillier, send them on their way. If somebody offered you enough for Brock Nelson, I'd take it. It's not going to be just the first round pick. It's got to be more than that because he's played extremely well since Barry Trotz got there. I think his value is extremely high. Um, 
I don't think they're even mentioning him as uh, somebody that's available. But if somebody made a ridiculous offer for him, I'd take him. He's not a guy who I consider part of the core going forward. I only got five or six guys. That's it. He's not one of them. So your core, all players under the age of 25 years old. Pretty much. Pretty much. Got to have some sort of veteran leadership on the team. Okay, you're not going to be able to move everyone. Okay. Lock Nelson, you're espousing moving, and he's one of the most productive veterans we have. He's in. Th- he's in. His- he's over thirty. He's over thirty. I he, not- he's, he's thirty. Yeah. yeah. So he's over thirty. Yeah, he's thirty. That's correct. He is thirty, not over thirty. He is thirty years old. He's in his thirty-first year of life right now. He's thirty years old, Brock. A grumpy. Don't do that. He's thirty and a half. He's over thirty. Guy's 30 years old. Continue, though. So here's the thing. When the team is good again, because we're not going to be good for a while. I hate to rain on everybody's parade because of the mismanagement of the assets and the contracts we've given to aged players. It's going to be a while till we're back. So by the time we're ready to go again, Brock Nelson's going to be an afterthought. That's just the way I feel. Same thing with Mayfield. If you can get a first and a second for Mayfield, Absolutely move him. Absolutely. I don't know if they'll do it, but those are things you have to consider. You have I'm going to tell you they won't do it. So we could say that that's what okay. they should do, but don't say we don't know what they would do. They still think, and I, here's the thing, they still think we can compete for a cup. They've sold ownership that we could still compete with a cup with a slight alteration here or there. What they should do and what they will do are going to be two different things, just so we make sure that that's abundantly clear. Okay. I'm just saying what they should do. That's what they should do. It, you know, you would choose not to, then you're going to be in this abyss for a while longer. Kushan B says, hard to say how many trades the Islanders will make and how many players they trade because Lou won't let anybody know that. Probably because he forgot how many he really wants to trade. Oh, man. I don't Flurry, know how many I should trade. Flurry doesn't want to be traded. He wants to stay in Chicago. Maybe he's thinking about retiring. Well, that's, fanta- that's fantastic for us. Well, I mean, if he doesn't want to move and wants to stay in Chicago, I mean, that makes Varlamov the best goalie out there on the market. Or Georgiev. You mean Georgiev? Yeah, him too. A lot of guys better. Holy shit, Grumpy. Are you right? You're having a stroke? <laughs> Georgiev. Why don't you go blow your nose on uh, into the microphone again? I did that once, Grumpy. At least I'm paying attention to you, Grump. Chase H says here, watch. We'll trade twenty to thirty percent. Uh, we'll trade twenty to thirty percent of the team. Play younger kids, and the new players will go on a big run, and we'll just miss the playoffs and get a bad draft pick. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I would not have a problem if we dumped a whole bunch of the old trash, and the younger guys got to play, and they took off, and we started winning games. That means your team has a chance to be successful faster than I think it does. That also means that your head coach is inept when it comes to player personnel decisions. That means that it's gross neglect when it comes out to who he's put out there for the last year on the ice. That's what that also means. It means that he can't be trusted to do that. And not in my opinion, if that's a scenario. Players are more important than the coach. Players actually play. Coach, if that's the case, though, you could could see firsthand how a coach can can single-handedly hurt production though because if your team goes on a huge run at the end of the year with a whole bunch of these young faces and names and players that are willing to devote themselves to the system it shows that coach's inability to make adjustments single-handedly cost you a chance to make the playoffs this year because he is unable to see who the best players are to put on the ice 
that's a problem. I don't have a problem with that, honestly. Then it's you know what it you know what all you it's don't doing. Have a problem if he, he all if it's he, doing, all it's doing. All you have to do is watch our games to know that that's what didn't happen with Barry Trotz. This is not news to us. It's not news. We've been ascribing to that theory for quite a while now. I hope we're wrong rather than Barry's wrong. And the we reason here, here's the reason. If we're wrong, at least it means that, hey, a rebuild is needed. Hey, it's not like we have a whole bunch of younger players that are better. If Barry's wrong and the young players step up when given a chance and produce in a big way, and he was keeping them out of the lineup and playing guys like three goal Josh Bailey 17 minutes a night and playing, you know, keeping guys like Matt Martin in there on a consistent shift, keeping guys who haven't performed out there on the ice every single freaking game. That means that he is unwilling to accept what he sees in practice as an indicator for what could possibly be successful in a game. That's an issue as a head coach. Again, I don't think that's going to be the case. That would be a bad scenario, Grumpy. I, you don't think it is? that This right here would be a bad scenario. It means, here's the thing. It means Barry Trotz has to go immediately. That's realize, my opinion. That's, that's exactly what that means. But that's who Barry Trotz is as a coach. That's no secret. Young guys need not apply. I don't trust you. I don't care how good you are. You're not playing because I don't trust you. That's all it means. This is, should not be news to you. We've been talking about this for two years. Here's the thing. What I think logically will happen, right? Our plays here, our play may take a slight uptick with younger guys. I don't think it's going to jump to here, right? If it jumps to here, that means Barry's got to go, in my opinion. We'll see. I don't think Barry's going anywhere. I, I know. We're talking about the hypothetical grumpy. Chase H also says, for all my fans, has been good for us. It's sad. Uh, it will be sad when he goes, but Sorokin and the guy in the minors there talking about Jakob Scarab look pretty good. Yeah, as long as you have your number one guy, that's all you really need. You can always get a backup. Pat H says, your Volmoff is fine. But we're paying him and Sorokin too much money. Pay Sorokin. He's our franchise goaltender. And get rid of Varlamov's salary. You know, might be hard to do as Varlamov and Sorokin are good friends. Hey, it's a business. It's not a country club. It's not the beer league. Sorry. Thanks for your service. Out the door you go. Uh, Tommy B says, not all trades prove to help boost players play. Sometimes the opposite happens. That's true. Sometimes you get traded, you move to a new spot, you don't perform, and you just continue to sputter. Well, because you have to fit into a new system. And you're used to playing a certain system, and maybe you're not a perfect fit. Maybe it takes you a while longer to figure it out. Look at Andy Green. Look at J.G. Pajot. Look at Palmieri. I mean, it took them a while. Well, has Palmieri even really adjusted still? I don't know. But it took uh, Pajot a while to adjust. When I think to myself, man, look at look at Anthony Mantha. I'm just thinking to myself, Anthony Mantha this season. Has he been banged up all year for Washington? I don't know. I don't know. I've not been following Washington at all. Okay, he just he got hurt in November, early November, and he's just now come back. Because wow. I was thinking about a guy when he had left, right? I mean, Jacob Rana had played much better. He had had a big performance jump before he got hurt. And I was interested to see what Mantha had done with Washington, but I was unsure that he was – I didn't know that he was hurt most of all the season. I bet Anthony, he still got more goals than Josh Bailey, doesn't he? Anthony Mantha in 13 games has just as many goals as Josh Bailey in 45. There you go. 
You want to also hear this? Anthony Mantha plays a fraction of the time on ice. Anthony Mantha plays 14 minutes and 17 seconds of ice time a night compared to Josh Bailey's 17 minutes and 10 seconds. Okay. And I never thought Anthony Mantha was the greatest player ever for Detroit. No. He's got the big body. Wasn't yeah. ultra fit. He wasn't. He's not ultra physical for his body size. I mean, he's got a lot of room to fill into the role that he needs to be a little more physical in front of the net, and he's not. Um, but uh, Anthony R says here, uh, we talk about trading Mayfield, but honestly, our defense is bad. We only have Pelic and Pulak and Dobson. If you do, I don't like Salo Aho as top four guys. Bodie Wild's that's, a mystery. Bodie Wild's a, no. He's a no go. But that's what the off season's for, right? You go out and get yourself another left-handed defenseman. March Giordano, baby. On a one- or two-year deal. He's not coming here. He's not coming here. Okay. Why do you waste your breath on that? It's not happening. That fits Lou Lamarillo's MO. He's not coming here. He's not going to come here. He doesn't want to play on Long Island. Okay. I couldn't tell you where he wants to play. He hates making the trips East Coast. He said, I'd rather stay at home and be a healthy scratch, keep my salary. I don't want to go play at USB Arena. UBS Arena. Whatever. The empty stadium. I don't want to go there. The empty arena. Um, uh, what's up, Frank? How are you? Nah, TJ. Uh, you were saying that Anders was a better fit uh, than in the beginning of the season. I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, Time B says here, JT Miller has announced uh, he was told not to expect to be traded by Vancouver at the deadline. That's a mistake by them. Yeah. I think you're that's a huge And you're nuts. Brock Nelson has 21 goals. He's a great second-line center. Man, people hate on him, are, cruel, are clueless on a crappy team. He's got 21 goals and 10 assists. He's a stat stuffer. That's oh, what he no, is. He's a stat stuffer, period. And you're right. I, then I'm, uh, I'm clueless because he's a stat stuffer. He's been good under Barry Trotz. It's the best he's ever played. But to me, he'll score a lot of goals against Montreal. He'll get a lot of empty net goals. He gets those goals when he goes 7-3. I've been watching him for years. Jesus Christ. He, he's the, the antithesis of the player that I want on my team. Not physical at all for a guy who's that big. They can bully him anytime he wants. He's a bitch. I meant to say he's the antithesis of a player you don't want on your team is what you meant to say. Um, yeah, but okay. here's, here, here's the other thing. I don't want him, right. I think if you get two first-round picks for Brock Nelson, you move him on. Couldn't you also just say this? He has played better under Barry Trotz, but couldn't you also say this? He's also in the prime of his career. Under Barry Trotz, he's been 27, 28, 29, 30 years old. It's the prime of his career. Barry Trotz has been his head coach during the prime of his NHL career. Maybe he's a guy who's prime. You know, he didn't peak until his prime, which is 28, and his prime was from 28 to 30, or sorry, 27. Trotz has been a coach from 27 to his 30th year old or his 30th year. And couldn't you just say, hey, he's the guy who performed best in his prime. And other than that, he was kind of streaky at best. No, I, don't I think, think there's anything exclusive about that. I think Trotz I think, has helped, but he's also in the prime of his career. I think the, re the responsibility that Barry Trotz has given him has really helped his game take off. He's the one guy more than anyone else on the roster who's taken off with Barry Trotz's coach. No one else is even close, honestly. Not even close. We can also say this, too. Barry Trotz has played him more and put him in a role for more ice time. Look at all these years. And again, Brock Nelson was wildly inconsistent. 
and even on the Doug Waite years and beforehand. But once Trotz got here in 2018-19 season, he jumps from 14 minutes and 50 seconds of ice time a night to about 18 minutes of ice time a night. We can't, we can't see the last one. It's covered up. You're going to have to scroll up. Okay. There you go. That's good. He jumps to about 18 minutes of ice time a night. So Barry Trotz plays him, you know, an extra four minutes out there on the ice a night. It's not inconceivable to think he's going to have more points because he's playing four extra minutes a night. Yeah. And again, I'll say, you know, for someone who wanted Nelson potentially to be with Bellows and Wallstrom, he's not an assist guy. He's just not. Um, Bavillier is somewhat limited. He's really fast. He's got a good shot, uh, but he's not as creative as most elite forwards. Yep. True. The only thing I can tell you is Lou is definitely doing right now is showcasing Varlamov for a trade. That is no doubt. Um, but Lou will keep as much of a secret as he can. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious. No problem there. You got to get rid of him. He's a piece you don't need. Um, the Barry Act. The Sage, I'll let you read this, Grumpy. I'm going to start the reading. The Sage on the stage who must discipline and limit minutes of his younger players for their own good because he thinks that they will be better in the future is definitely getting old. And that's the way they feel, right? And Lou Lamarillo, he parrots that same line. We want them to be overripe when we pull them up. Well, guys, your team blows. The old guys you have out there suck out loud. You're going to have to change that a little bit. You're going to have to live with some mistakes from the younger players going forward if you want the team to be better, period. Gotcha. Frank here saying, wasn't Smoke and Mirrors? They got hot at the right time. They got a goal. He was hot, and we played great and hard. Come on, people, says Frank about the Islanders' success. Do you think that Ross Johnson could be traded? And if so, uh, do you think it's a good move? Because I think um, it will suck. He's a great player for you know for what he does, and Martin can't even compare. He will not be traded. Stage, I- they're not going to be moving Ross Johnston. They're not going to be moving him. Yep, got to keep him. And here's the thing. They're not going to move him. They should be playing him every night over Matt Martin, but they will not. Martin should replace, or Ross Johnson should replace Matt Martin right now. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, SCG says here, if you're calling overtime slash shootout losses as ties, then you have to consider overtime slash shootout wins as ties. So I have to say. So if you lose in overtime, shootout, that just counts as a loss in my book. goes in loss column. Um, A shootout loss is a tie. Uh, It's a joke way to end a game. I don't know. I mean, a lot of those games end in overtime. And here's the thing. If they end in shootout, it's still a loss. I I don't know. It's as simple as that. I I, I don't like we're below. We're well below a 500 team, I think. Uh, Bavillier, in my opinion, might be traded. By next season, but more likely than uh, he would, it would happen on draft day. He's one of the only guys, you know, who's not the core, who I consider the core, who's movable that teams would want is Bavillier. Pat H says, It drives me nuts that Bailey's the extra attacker. I don't understand the logic there, even though I like Trotz a lot. Yeah, we like Trotz. He's a, he's a good coach, but some of the stuff he does is really head scratching. Here we go with the Nelson hate. Yep. You and you and me both just kind of confused. Um, SCG says here are the Islanders records 1924 in regulation, two and three in overtime, one and five in shootout. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, right? That's an extra eight losses. We've got, we've only got a total of 22 wins and 32 losses in my book. Okay. 22 and 32. 
Um, well, shit, just look at what John Tavares did for Matt Molson. Absolutely. John Tavares was a real puck hound, not really typical for high-end talent. Yeah, he was good. I, you know, I just – people like to poo-poo on Tavares now, but they certainly weren't talking that way when he's on the team. Um, his point production has not increased since leaving the Islanders, only in proportion to scoring levels increased throughout the league. Um, he actually ranks lower in the league scoring since he left, talking about John Tavares. He makes players around him better, period. Pat H. also saying, I disagree with you, Grump. Uh, we could have gotten some good picks for JT, but he bitched and moaned and was, didn't want to be traded, yet wouldn't sign. Nah, screw JT. He screwed us over. I agree with you, Pat. That's a totally different – that's a failure of, of Garth Snow. That's a total failure, Garcino. Not it's John failure, Tavares. Garcino, and it's a, and it's deceitful by John Tavares. Well, like I said, what I would have done is, John. Oh, I know you. Hold on. Would you not agree? Would you not agree that it could be both? It could be a failure by Garcino, and it was deceitful bullshit BS by John Tavares. Both of those, I think, are true. Who's the guy in charge? Hold on. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking. You only put blame on Gar Snow. You can put blame on the person for blatantly lying and never having any intention by in bitch and moan to say, I don't want to be traded. I'm the captain of the team. And he it was deceitful to you. John Tavares got in charge. Gar Snow was inept and made poor decision on that. John Tavares was deceitful and lied on that. Both of those are true statements. Okay. He offered John Tavares how many contract extension offers over two years prior to? Numerous. Eventually, it comes to the point, John, here's the thing, bro. We want you here. We've given you practically a blank check. I'm sorry. You want to come back here? That's fine. We're moving you. We have to think about the franchise. He, that's Garth Snow all the way. I don't care what John – I don't care if John Tavares told me I'm signing the contract tomorrow. Here it is. Sign it now because if you're not – I'm trading you now because I can get this, this, and this for you. And then you can come back and sign here. That's fine. But there's no way I was going to let a player. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do it. I don't care what you want. It's so John Tavares, John Tavares being deceitful and lying to us didn't matter to you. Here's the thing. There's a reason why Garth Snow isn't there anymore because that was, the, that was the nail in his coffin. You honestly just politicianed the hell out of what I just said. I'm kind of disappointed in you before it, Grumpy. We're going to move on. I'm a little disappointed in you. Corey Kidd says, hi. What's up, Corey? Uh, Coach Tom, wh what are you shaking your head for, Grump? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't care. No, I said two things, and you refused to acknowledge what the question was, here's and you the changed it. Hold on. You changed the goalpost. I'm disappointed in you, Grump. That's no, not no. what this is about. I wanted. No. I asked you a simple, straightforward question, and you refused to answer and moved on to a different item. If you're you dumb work enough. In narrative, it's kind of BS, man. If you're dumb enough to fall for anything a player tells you, you get everything you freaking deserve. Like I said, who's the guy in charge? I John just DeVos. said, hold on. I just said Garsno was inept. He screwed up. I also said, I mean, Garcino right here, right? I also said John Tavares blatantly lied and was deceitful. Both of these items happened. But anytime you tell the story, you completely leave the John Tavares being deceitful and lying, purposefully lying to impact the franchise he was drafted by to negatively impact them and only bring up the ineptitude of Garcino. All I'm asking you to do when you bring this up is say, Garcino was inept. A complete failure. He failed this every which way, right? This is how we could have made this differently. John Tavares also should not have lied and been deceitful. Why cannot we have both of those items being true? 
because okay. it is. That's fine. You want to go that? That's fine. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, just like I've said about Matt Barzell, Matt Barzell doesn't want to sign an extension when his next, uh, a long-term extension, when his contract comes up at the end of next year, you move him. I don't care what he says to you as a general manager, tough shit. If you're not signing here now, a year before or two years before, when we're offering you that money, you're getting moved. I don't care I what he says. Well, I want to still be here. I don't care what you say. I, The general manager has to think first of the franchise, not the player. That's why it, I don't blame John Tavares at all. I don't, could care less what he says. It doesn't See, matter. here we go. There we go it again. Matter what he you says. just said you agreed to it and said, I'm going to go but, muddy okay, up and gray up this John Tavares BS over here, and it's only Garth Snow's fault. Yeah, but there no, it is listen. again. See, right now, down politician lane. As a GM, you know what I say? Oh, great. Sure, John. I don't care. You're getting freaking moved. It doesn't matter. I have to think about what's best for the franchise, not what's best for John Tavares. Because I'm responsible for everybody else in that room, not just you. I know you say you want to stay here. You don't want to leave. We're moving you. Sign the contract right now. You want to stay here, sign the contract. As soon as he said no, off to Toronto you go. That's what he should have done. John B. said, I can't, uh, you can't bet on your own sport, plain and simple. Everybody knows this. If you get caught, you deserve to be spending for a long time. I just, like, when we think about the morality, I'm not saying you should bet on your sports. Calvin Ridley should be suspended. I just go and I look at, the length of the suspension should Calvin Ridley deserve a year when guys like Greg Hardy put his girlfriend in the ER for beating her so brutally bad and missed five or six games. I think that how they dole out the suspensions are not adequate for the actual, the, the actual crime or the actual, you know, you know, violation the players commit. I believe physical harm on some other human when you beat somebody who's helpless in a $1,500 bet on fan duels when you bet for your Atlanta Falcons to win when you don't play on the team, it's a little different. Alex Karras, when he played with the Detroit Lions, was caught gambling, suspended for a year. Paul Horning, when he played for the Green Bay Packers, got caught gambling, suspended for a year. This is going back 60 years ago. That's just the way it is. Calvin Ridley, Cal, I'm not saying he should have. Calvin Ridley had stepped away from the team at that point when he had made the gamble. He was owned by, he was still part of the team, but was not on team facilities and was not participating in team practice. Could he have known some sort of info, inside information? Yeah, so could the head trainer. Does the head trainer have the ability to gamble on the game too? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, right? How they dole out suspensions in the NFL is quite odd. He should be suspended, but the length of the suspension is where I have an issue. I blame he should myself. Not be gambling on his own games. I blame myself for Calvin, Calvin Ridley's suspension. I blame myself because, because, because you, you read the ad. Because you read the ad using a DraftKings. Uh, it was app. FanDuel. It was FanDuel. I think. Okay. Well, if I was reading that, he probably would have bet more than 1500 bucks. But I blame myself. I'm part of the problem. Poor Calvin Ridley. I heard he used the promo code THPN, and that's how they were able to find him out. They, they were able to link it back to this podcast. He is a secret subscriber and a big-time fan and listener of Islanders Hockey and the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. Anything's possible. Oh, man, oh, man. Not probable, but possible. Oh, good gracious. This is the funny one here. Let me pull this. Oh, oh man, I had something a little, I don't know what that is. This is a funny one. What a films. I'm sorry, Grumpy. I had something crawl on my arms. You ever feel that when you have something crawl on your arms? I want to show you this. Now, this was sent by, 
Drew L. And it happened <laughs> during the live stream of last game. I'll let you watch it. It's kind of funny. I enjoyed it, Grumpy. I'll pop it up on screen. We're in a little inception. I'll let you listen to this. Oh, you know, I almost feel it says, if you have a gambling problem, oh! oh you know, I almost feel it says, if you have a gambling problem, oh! <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened with that, Grumpy. I but I think it's, it's a good time. Go! Uh, yeah, speak again. Um, that's why I hate Tavares um, more than, more than Ben Laden. He wow. screwed us on purpose to save the Leafs' assets to help him selfish to help his his selfish price, or to help him to help himself. He's a selfish, you know what? That was the ultimate failure of Garth Snow as GM. It that was, was it. It was uh, Forsberg on a seven-year deal. The last three years would be on the decline. In all likelihood, oh, thirty-one. I don't know. I originally said I'd I'd pay nine million. I don't. He's gonna get nine million probably on the market, but is he worth it? But he. But we're not close enough to being a contender, even if we sign him. We have so many old guys on this team that were buried in their long-term contracts. Until we get rid of them, we cannot improve the team because they're gonna play every night with less and less return for the buck. John P said. TJ, the Johnny's, the St. John's Red Storm. You're killing me. I remember when they used to be called the Red Men. Uh, Shay said, I don't want to trade Mayfield personally. You lose, an, you lose another good defenseman who is a cap-friendly contract. Who do you replace him with? Grumpy takes the, and, and so do I. If you're not going to win a cup next year, you're not going to be able to resign him. He's going to want a big contract. He's never really been paid yet before. Makes $1.45 million. Now he's, you know, he's past or in the prime of his career he's going to want to get paid we're not going to be able to pay him what he wants no and that's fine you trade an asset like scott mayfield who's going to get you more than he's actually probably worth for what he brings to a team maybe a first and a second round pick uh time b says our defense has regressed badly this season in the sports world that we live in today people want to watch winning plain and simple otherwise they lose interest you have to be entertaining at least. At least you have to be entertaining. Winning's one thing, but you have to be entertaining as well. So, I mean, that's just my take on it. Uh, you can't be boring and dull and a loser too. No one's going to go. If you're winning, people will go for certain. And if you're entertaining, people will also go. Did you see the analyst? Yes, we did there. Uh, Dobson, uh, Kevin Weeks, old goalie. Uh, compared no Dobson with Kale McCarr. Um, I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but um, no Dobson looks to be, uh, you know, a top pairing defenseman and a fantastic one for years to come. We definitely did a great job. That was a great pick by the Islanders scouting staff, and they made sure they got the right guy. Evan Bouchard went the pick before or two picks before. You know, the, he went to the Edmonton Oilers, I think, at 11. We picked Wallstrom at 12. We picked Dobson at 13. No, no. Uh, Bouchard went at 10, Wallstrom went at 11, Dobson went at 12. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and we and, got the uh, best guy. One, two, one are my season tickets ice level. Maybe um, they took Tommy's season tickets and put them on the market. Oh, uh, Shay says here, I paid $40 three rows behind uh, the ice, a section over center ice and the penny, penalty box side. Not mm -hmm. bad at all. Um, 
And then Drew L said, Julius Randle is a powerful, or is just a powerful rest book. Um, I should send you the video about his wife attack. Oh, trying to attack a podcast and bring down his reputation. Oh gosh. We've had people um, try to do that with our podcast. Yes, we have. We've had, yes. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yes, we have. Um, need to keep Mayfield, uh, but to overpay, um, but for an overpay, send them. Uh, gotta have to sign. You're gonna have to sign Dobson long term, uh, says Frank. Yeah, um, and I like Scott Mayfield too, right? But yep. you know, it's you have to make sacrifices sometimes. Anthony R says not much on the goalie market. Flurry does not want to go to Edmonton, Washington, or Boston. He's not going to Ve- He's not going back to Vegas. He's staying put unless Pittsburgh wants him back. Wow, that's interesting. John P says, have you guys ever reversed rolled? Grumpy old man, read the comments, and TJ reacts. Just curious. TJ has no reactions. Oh. We like crickets after I read the comments. John P said, love that shirt, grumpy old man. I knew you would, John. I wore it for you today. The Kings rebuilt in five in the fifth year, and it's fifth year, grumpy. Mm, no, it was three years. And I want to take my 15-year-old daughter to uh, her first game versus Dallas. Where do you guys think the best tickets are? Uh, middle? Do the Islanders play um, on the goals uh, two times every home game or visiting tomorrow? I, I'm the middle's sure. the best. Uh, yeah, the middle's the best. Not not too close to the ice. You want to be a little bit higher up so you can see the whole game. That's me. Mm-hmm. Everyone, th- they're each their own now. If I'm trading Varlamov, it has to at least be a second. SP said, I agree and disagree, TJ. The game for Varlamov against the Avalanche brought up his value. What happens if he loses the next two value tanks? I still think he's the clear cut behind Mark Andre Fleury. If Fleury wants to be moved, Varlamov's the second guy off the board. If Fleury doesn't want to get moved, Varlamov has the highest value, I think, out there. I'm hearing that Anton uh, Frosberg or Forsberg from uh, Ottawa is supposedly hot for people wanting to trade him their goalie because he's younger and I guess he's been pretty good this year, considering what he's playing behind. And Tom Forsberg has a nine or nine two one save percentage, and a two six or two six nine goals against average. He's playing on a years, he's twenty nine years old. Yeah, playing on a bad Ottawa team. This is his career season. Before this year, he's never had a save percentage higher than a nine oh nine, and his lowest goals against average besides this year was a two nine seven. The guy has. The guy has 27 games played this season in his entire NHL career that has spanned a or spanned seven years. He has played a total of 83 games. So in the last, you know, besides this year, he's only played six seasons and has played 60 games, like 10 games a year on average. I'm sure you can fluff up his value if you were hired by Ottawa. Fluffy. I don't know, man. He's had one year, and it's this year. He's hot right now, but he's got no playoff experience, no real experience besides what he's done this season. Okay. I don't know, Grumpy. Um, anyway, moving right along. Uh, Buffalo is the worst team in the league three years ago, and there still are today. Yeah, I'll if agree trade, with that. I heard the Jack Eichel thing. Um, he's going to play in Buffalo this week. And he's, you know, they wonder about the reaction. He went through the whole thing about uh, the next surgery, and Buffalo screwed the pooch on that, just totally. Yeah, SP said, uh, if we trade Varlamov to the Avs, uh, we're most likely getting their 2023 first rounder. I'll take it. I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I'm just not sure they're willing to move that. Um, 
worst organization in the league um, that isn't owned by the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres. Everyone is goo gaga over the avalanche, but uh, they're receiving, uh, but uh, they're going to receive the kiss of death again, a.k.a. the President's Trophy. I could see the Flames and the Panthers in the Cup this year. I just don't think that Colorado is buttoned up enough defensively to win a Cup. Just don't see it. Neither the Panthers, in my opinion. I can see the Flames making it to the finals, and I can see either Tampa Bay or Carolina going out of the East. Uh, Matthew S. here says, uh, Nelson will get you 25 goals a year, a second-line center, but let's trade him, thinking we're going to get somebody better, Grumpy. It's about rebuilding the team. It's about rebuilding the team. It's not about can you get someone better than Brock Nelson. It's about the team is going into rebuild. You need as many assets as you can. We're just going to stop on that because I can't I can't go down the road. We go down the same back and forth, and you just refuse to acknowledge certain items on it. Dan L. says, do you worry at all about Sorokin having his friends um, and Russian speaker Varlamov gone, especially with the increased hostility towards Russian athletes that has been going on the past few weeks? He speaks better English than TJ does. That's no true. That's true. So maybe he doesn't have anything to worry about. I heard I hear that it. he did I, like. I heard he also saw the same documentary about defensive back Cooper that I saw. I also heard that he can read the hell out of comments, unlike certain members of this podcast. So you know, take a go with the bad there. Ah, <sighs> an itchy nose. I apologize, Grumpy. Next that comment. Me. Get to the comments. Oh, now you want to blast through things. So I'm glad, glad you joined the party. Pat H says here, uh, what are both your predictions for the cup this season? Grump, I'll let you go first. Still 25 games from the end of the season. So I think we can put that on the back burner. But if put on the spot, I'm going to go Flames and Canes in the final. A lot can change before the end of the season, though. Um, oh, I don't know. Shesterkin's been so freaking hot. I. It doesn't matter. Okay, whatever. I'll just abstain then. Um, they could package Mayfield and Varlamov for picks to Colorado or Toronto, maybe. Uh, how much you can get both both of them in a package deal? A lot, a lot. Two ones and a two to Toronto. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't think they're. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot going their way. That would have to be the deal. I mean, I, I don't. It, I just think that's. I don't. I don't see that happening though. Um, and then yeah, Tommy B says, look at the honor schedule in April. Trust me, they're not going to go on some big run that month. Yep, we said the same thing. Yep. That is an unbelievably tough, tough, tough part of the schedule. Um, we could afford to trade Nelson because we've got John Gabriel Pajot. We can move him up to the second line and have another solid, and we're solid at the center position. Um, well, like I said sometime again, uh, it's strange that Barry and Lou have not been re-signed. Um it makes me wonder if ownership is thinking the same thing as Grump. Maybe they give him another year. Maybe Have to get as much time. as we possibly can for Varlamov. Absolutely. SB said, I don't trust Skarek before this season. He was downright awful. Needs to show more than one good season before he gets a chance. Chase says here, if and when Varlamov is gone, we will most likely have to watch Corey Schneider play NHL games. That's okay. Grump. Uh, would you feel, or here's the other thing I could see us in, we trade away Varlamov. I could see us trading for their backup goalie. If he's got some sort of cap hit of, let's say a million or 2 million, 
or whatever whatever piece of the goaltender they would want, maybe on an expiring deal. I could see us bringing that guy, the, the, the backup goalie back in our way, so we would have one for the end of the season. Anthony R. said, Grump, um, you would have to fill three defense spots in the offseason. That won't happen if you trade Scott Mayfield. Robin Salo should be ready to step in. And then you get a couple of ham and eggers to play your bottom, or maybe one of the younger guys come up. Maybe Grant Hutton gets re-signed on the cheap. He gets one of the spots. SP says here, why would anyone come to play here when they can clearly see that we need to rebuild, but 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 our stubborn coach and general manager are delusional? That's a valid question. Um. You're not getting two first-round picks for Scott Mayfield, he says. I don't know. You know my thoughts about Scott Maybe Mayfield. Maybe he's talking about Nelson. Okay, maybe that. Um, uh, Pat H. Pat H. says Brock Nelson will score a goal when you're up when you're when you're up five to one or losing five to one late in the third period. He takes too many penalties. True. Um, and then uh, I wasn't saying you're specifically your clueless Grumpfield man. You're a wise man, and yes, uh, Brock can be soft um, sometimes, but he's a god compared to Bailey. That's true. He's better than not looking at Bailey as the barometer of comparisons. I'm just looking for me. I'm just looking at where the team needs to go and how do you get there? That's, that's my whole point on everything. How do we get to where we need? How do we get to being a true contender? Some guys have to be sacrificed. Some guys play well. You know what? We're going to have to move them because they speed the process along. By the time we're good again, Brock Nelson might even be out of contract. So you try to move them. You try to move whoever you can to get assets back. Mm. That's what you have to do. We're not close to being a contender. SP said, I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd argue Pellick has taken off more since Barry Trotz has taken over Grump. Okay, that's fair. But I just think from where, remember, Pellick was not a regular for us when Barry got here where uh, Nelson was. So it was more, uh, it was easier or more obvious to see the development of Brock Nelson as opposed to Adam Pellick. Uh, Paulo C says here, uh, guys, don't touch a defense except for Chara and Green. The defense just needs some modifications. Um, if we have to trade guys, trade some forwards and Varlamov. Yeah, good luck trading forwards. Frank wants to know. Frank wants to know. That's a question. Why, that's a question. Why do we suck so bad in overtime shootout? What the heck? We don't have enough skill players on the team. That's a that's a total skill thing. Coach Tommy B said the Islanders never offered John Tavares a contract during his last season. During the season, it was agreed by Snow and Tavares that they would uh, they would not do a deal in season. He's a dumb. Then Garth Snow is even more of a dumbass. I know they offered him. I know they offered him contracts in the off season numerous times. The year before, yep. The summer before, he turned down his deal. Seven years, seventy million. Bye bye. See you later. I mean, I'm not even mad about John Tavares because he's bouncing around. He's bouncing out in the first round every year since being in Toronto. Meanwhile, you know, we're playing Tampa Bay. So, yeah. Um, Matthew S. says, all parties are at fault here. Snow did not do enough to put pieces around him. That being said, Tavares is a line POS. Yep. Mario's. Yeah, but they were owned by Charles Wong, and they didn't want to spend the money. I mean, there were a lot of... And his thing, I'm not saying Garth Snow was a great general manager, but he had some type of, uh, you know, he had some financial restraints that were put upon him by the previous ownership. Mario says, if you read Brooks and others, uh, Snow was ready to trade Tavares by the deadline, but was told not to move him by ownership. 
If you need to blame anyone for DeVaris walking, blame Lamarillo. I keep asking the same question over and over. Name me another chief executive who fired his general manager at the 11th of uh, contract negotiations with his franchise player. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, it doesn't, it shouldn't even have got to the deadline. As soon as he turned down $70 million for seven years after professing that he wanted to be here in the last year, you got to move him, move him, move on from him. He obviously doesn't want to be there. I'd be said, yep, Brooks doesn't have any idea what happened about it. I feel like that's one of those things we'll never know the actual answer. Frank says, TJ, uh, TJ Grumpy Man is correct. Ultimately, the general manager's fault on Tavares. Words are BS. Uh, cite the dotted line. Sign on the dotted Sign line. The line. Um, Pat H. says here, uh, Ridley uh, should have made it worth something by putting six figures down on his own prop bets for the over-under on receptions and receiving yards, sit on the sidelines and cash with cash in hands. Um, yeah, yeah tell you. Uh, so Nick, D says, too. Nick D says, way to go, TJ. Way to be a bad influence. I think he's talking about the DraftKings reads. Um, the Islanders had multiple offers from multiple teams before the deadline for John Tavares. Snow asked Tavares what he wanted and asked for assurance that he would sign at the season's end. Snow discussed that with Ledecky, and both decided to believe Tavares and take his word for it. Dumb. Just dumb. Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. The two of them are morons then. SP said here, the Capitals lost. Watch all the believers uh, squawk over how the Islanders are going to make the playoffs now. Yeah, there's no I way. They're 21 points ahead of us, though, in the standings, aren't they? We're closer to the Montreal Canadiens than we are the Washington Capitals. And we're talking about how it, we can maybe make the playoffs. John P says Carolina oh. looks very good, but never count out Tampa Bay, especially with a playoff motivated Vasilevsky. Yeah, those are my those are my two teams that come out of the East. I don't think Florida's good enough defensively. Tampa Bay is battle tested. Carolina's tough as hell. You think Tampa can win three in a row? I think they have the right piece. I think they can, yes. They know how to win. They know what it takes to win. There's something to, say, to be said about that. Possible but improbable deadline scenario. Varlamov, Clutterbuck, Parise, and Chara or Green get moved. I think we may also take on a bad contract with our $12 million in cap space. I would love to take on a bad contract on a year-end. If, if a team is trying to clear up some cap space, if it's you know an expiring deal that's a big contract, I would love to take on one bad contract. Yeah, as long as it's on an expiring deal, why not? Yep, and maybe a lot of cap space. Yep, and get yourself you know a second-round pick, first-round pick, whatever. Anything works. And last question. Um, would you guys take a chance on, oh, I can't pronounce that. Miroshnichenko. After his di a diagnosis, if we're drafting for the 7 to 10 range, I'd do it. Um, yeah, I would. yeah, why not? I don't know what's going on with Russia or the players from Russia, what they're going to be allowed and not allowed to do. I yep. think it's going to hurt them come draft time. Yes, it will, because I do not think that the KHL players will be able to be at the NHL Combine, not saying they, that makes a huge determinant. The NHL has cut off any uh, working with the KHL as of, I think, yesterday or today. That's not good for those young players. I was about to say, uh, you may see a lot of Russian, uh, Russian-born players. And here's the thing: unless I could see an elite talent still getting drafted early, just because they're an elite talent, right? They think, hey, this won't go on forever. But if you're a middle-tier talent, 
I could see you definitely slipping in the draft because of what's going on. It's an unfortunate for them too. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate. There's a lot of people that are unfortunately, you know, negatively affected by, you know, obviously the people in Ukraine, et cetera. Um, Pat H says, uh, it was said uh, by most agents in the NHL that guys want to come play for the Islanders because they love Lou and the brand new state of the art facility. Okay. If you think John Tavares was a liar, talk to an agent. That's all I have to say. Dirk C saying good morning, guys. What's up, Dirk? And uh, Mappy is more physical than Brock Nelson. That all, says Chase. And uh, it's going to be hard to sign Russians whose contract expire after this season. Grump, I meant after his di- diagnosis with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, but- I just I just wonder what's going to go on with the Russia situation as well. I, I know he's been diagnosed. I mean, he can get over that. Um, but I'm just – I wonder – what it's going to be like for Russian players in particular getting drafted. Yep. I mean, and the guy, if the guy's not ready to step in, maybe it's a moot point, but we don't, I just think there's so much uncertainty with that, that you might see some teams get scared away. Things could hopefully be at some sort of diplomatic resolution or some sort of item like that by that time period. I mean, the draft doesn't take place until June, what June, right? Yeah. Now here's the one thing I'll say though. Let's say the Russian players start slipping. 15, 20, and you've got an extra first-round draft pick or a couple of seconds, I would absolutely trade up if a guy falls that much and take a flyer on him in the 20, 25 range. I would absolutely do that. For certain. Talent. You need as much talent as you can get. Yep. But, Grump, we're at the end of today's podcast. What do you want to say before we wrap things up? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Um, Islanders podcast action at you. Thank you, Grumpy, for being a part of this. As always, we will see you guys probably this Friday. I don't know. Or I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss. Playing Winnipeg, right? At home? We will discuss, Grumpy Old Man. Okay. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great and blessed evening. We'll see you guys soon. Uh, let's go, Islanders. Thank you again, Grumpy. My pleasure.